in five, four, three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Mike Rutherford Show. It is Monday, May 2nd, the first show of the month of May, a special month around here, and we're going to get it started right. We are live at the Blind Squirrel out here in Middletown. We're going to be here until 6 o'clock. The doors don't technically open here until 4, but if you want to stop by and see us, you can find a spot at the bar. Location 592 North English Station Road, 40223. It is a uh, beautiful locale. I haven't been here in, in a while. I haven't seen it fully, fully furnished. They've got TVs everywhere. They've got six volleyball courts outside, three of which are available to use all year long. They've got a gigantic bar. They've got an upstairs party room that's available for you to rent. If you haven't checked out the Blind Squirrel yet, what are you doing? Large beer selection, fantastic food, and we're going to be here till 6. We've got all sorts of derby talk going on, which I know is uh, going to be very exciting for one Trevor Kelsey, who's just – chomping at the bit, derby term, to, uh, to talk about this race. He's excited about it. No time better to be a Trevor Kelsey fan than derby time. Uh, we've got a whole lot to get to today. If you want to weigh in, we want to hear from you, as always, on the Thornton's text line, the number there, 502-414-1450. If you have thoughts about derby, if you've got thoughts about things that happened over the weekend, Devin recommitment, NFL draft, Louisville getting in the mix for Isaiah Mosley. We're going to get to all this good stuff. Text us today, questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, topic, ideas at 502-414-1450. And when you're done doing that, download that Refreshing Rewards app from Thornton's. It's going to save you money at the pump every time you need to fuel up and also save you money inside when you want to buy, I don't know, delicious cup of coffee, a couple donuts, pepperoni pretzel, any of the fantastic food items that they've got on sale at Thornton's. Uh, with me here at the big table here at the Blind Squirrel is my guy TK, at Trevor Kelsey on Twitter. Trevor, how are you? You're once again dressed up for the occasion you got the big x quarter zip on i walked in and you and dugan were belting out the gambler which i was not ready for at all uh took a nice video it was a fantastic welcome here to the blind squirrel how are you my friend you've been here earlier you just caught our uh dean martin's uh kick in the head which which is is our rendition of that's even better i'm loving this setup i'll tell you what i mean like this tv on the wall is just the giant one that's definitely the kind of TV I'm getting once I move by my mom's house. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's going right into the new, the new house. Would that, would that fit? I'm trying to think right now. Like, both of the floors of my house, hell, all three floors of the house, if you took – if you, like, you knocked out the middle wall, knocked out the, the, the 
like the entire, I don't think it would fit in my house, period. If you just had zero walls, zero ceilings, zero floors, I'm not sure I could fit that bad boy in there. One of my, uh, the, the, the guy hosted our last, uh, our, our, our fantasy league draft, you have, everyone has one where it's a group of friends that have been together for a long time, the one I've been in over almost now 14 years. Uh, one of our buddies who has the, uh, a lot a nicer job than you and I have, uh-huh. uh, and he's got this nice house, and then he hosted this year with his basement, and it's a TV, not but maybe not that big, but his entire basement wall is the screen. Shout out to my man Ryan, Ryan Miles, who has a better life than all of us in his house. I know Ryan Miles. Do you if, know? If it's the same one that, that I'm talking about, what's your name? I don't know if he went to Trinity. If he is yeah. a big U of L fan, shout out to Ryan Miles. Yeah, if he, boy, this one's a Cleveland fan too. So maybe I don't know about that. Yeah, he's from yeah he's from he's a big Cleveland Cleveland Browns and Indians fan or Guardians whoever. But yeah, we did the draft on that board and we had it set up to where it was all like on his laptop. Best setup and draft we ever had. Long stretch from when we had it in my house and we had five dogs running around and two couches and you know and the board on taped on the wall it kept falling down. <laughs> it is funny how fantasy drafts evolve over the years. Like we oh, did. Yeah. My buddy, uh, Lytle, his, his family, they run Money Concepts, which actually is located out here in Middletown. And we started off doing the draft like at just random friends' basement. Like, oh, yeah. Half of the people had never played fantasy football before. This is like 2001. So, so you, didn't you, bring magazines, didn't know what they were doing. You were awesome in the days of having to do everything written down. Oh, yeah. Like we, you had the, I, I remember being the commissioner back in my late 90s, early 2000 days. And having like a notepad, and I'd have to call, yeah. make sure you get everybody on the phone. Do you have your lineup ready? You have your, then on Monday morning, get that USA Today paper out and just go to. Yeah. I spend my entire day shift at the coffee beanery, not serving, doing work, it's, but doing scores for like a fancy football league. So before they did like all the online drafts, like we we went from just Buddy's house to his dad's business out here at Money Con, and we had like the gigantic projection screen, like oh, that TV man. where we had the Excel spreadsheet. Yep. But even back then, like as cool as it was to do it that way, and as funny as it was to try to keep track, because. You know, invariably somebody would would miss a pick from round four and try to take that person in like round nine. Oh, like, still I'll never yeah. forget uh, podcast Trevor Danny like storming up there and being like, "All right, fellas, I can't believe I'm doing this with a steal, Ronnie Brown." And we all were like, "Ronnie Brown went like like five rounds ago," but uh, we went from there. <laughs> yeah, I love those guys because like those drafts would take like seven hours. It took take forever. Like now. I kind of I, I hate that we don't all get together, but people are all scattered across the country. Everybody's got kids, and the the Yahoo online draft is far far. It's a just better, simpler, cleaner, faster deal. We've actually been very fortunate. Ryan was uh, the, until he he moved back. He was the only out of state or out of state we had living in Nashville for years, and then he moved back and got to host. And now he's back. So we got all. We're very fortunate because I know a lot of people yes have that issue where you got to do it online and get everybody. Yeah. And it's still fun online. Don't get me wrong. I do I do some leagues with my friends online, but. Get that one time of year getting together with everybody, you know, it, it's a good time. It is officially now the start of Derby Week. We had the Pegasus Parade yesterday on its new date, uh, which apparently went off well on Sunday. Uh, we had all, all sorts of other festivities going on over the weekend. Uh, balloon today? Glow, we had the, the, the balloon uh, race was Saturday. We had, you know, Chow Wagon is lighting up downtown. Yeah. Do you, I, I know you're not somebody who's into horse racing. You don't really get into the Derby that much. But still, as a lifelong Louisvillian, is there a little extra pep in your step once we get to this week? A little, I mean, little extra buzz? More, more of a pride for my, my city and, 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 lo- and the love of seeing, you know, the, 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 entire, the entire country with their eyes on, on Louisville and seeing get to see the cool stuff. The, the reason why I love living here and enjoy being here and probably with the exception of being offered a lot of money to leave here, probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by a lot of money, I mean any. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> more than I make. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I don't get into the derby and the horse racing. I used to when I was younger when, we, when my grandmother and we would have, like, derby parties. One of the reasons I never went to derby is we'd have derby parties at her house. 
and it wasn't just her house. It was like a street thing. Like the na- like our neighbors on both sides would combine, and they bring in we bring in like two bookies. We'd have a stage set up in the neighbor's backyard. His band would play. Uh, rest in peace for him. And you know, just now, as, you know, we've gotten older. Now that doesn't happen anymore. It's been years and years since that's happened. And I guess because of that, you know, the, my love of Derby is also kind of diminished, even though because I just don't have love, love for horse racing like yeah. you do, like Roush does. Yeah. TJ, a lot of people here do. Honestly, I'm the only male in my family that doesn't. My uncle, uh, you know, the seventh AD uh, of the year. Seventh region AD of the year. Nailed it. Uh, John Kelsey, he is, I mean, a horse fiend. Like, I mean, my grandfather had a claim horse at one point, was a horse fiend. I just never, never, never rubbed off on me. Everything else did in sports, but just not horse racing. Yeah, everybody has their, their yeah. lines that they won't cross. We will get to a little bit of the, the post position draw, which I'm realizing will be just me reacting to it. And, Trevor finding out the names of the horses are, that are in the Derby for the first gonna time. Are you going to play the game where you just name, give me a name and I have to guess if it's an actual Derby horse or not? I do want to see how many – I mean, can you name one Derby horse? Right Off the top of my head? Yes. No. Okay, so, no. so zero is the, so is the answer. Not, uh, 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 Band, Bandito. <laughs> no. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I'll Ultimo read. Dragon. No, but I like that. I love the, uh, old, the Ultimo Dragon. Uh, um, um, uh, let me think for a second. Um, I'm actually just naming uh, AAA Mexican wrestlers. Right I was going to say. It's, yeah. <laughs> Indeed, <one>, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think about the other ones that were down there. So we, when I read the positions and the odds, it'll be me reacting to it, you finding out the field for the first time. So that's going to be fun. We're, we're excited about that. We've got plenty of news from over the weekend to get to. Big weekend for Louisville baseball, who has skyrocketed in the national rankings. Oh, looking good this weekend, baby. Big weekend for Louisville men's basketball, who gets a commitment that I think we all saw coming, but still to have it made official is excited. Not a big weekend for Louisville football, which did not have a player drafted, but had some guys sign undrafted free agent contracts after the draft on and, Sunday. And we had multiple play, former players announcing picks. We did. That Elvis was fun. Dumerville and Robin Open. Maybe that got that was cool. Yeah. There was you know still some Louisville feel to the draft, even though we did not have a player picked, which yeah. is disappointing. But what are you going to do? We've got some Pierce Clarkson news to get to, which in a weird way ties into men's basketball recruiting. Uh, we'll explain that. Louisville's in on a new top transfer in the portal. Uh, we'll talk about that. John Calipari's kind of falling over himself. Is he becoming the old guy now who can't relate? Is he becoming Mitch Barnhart? Uh, we'll talk about that. All sorts of stuff to get to, but I've got to start with this. Because if there's, I was going to say if there's one theme to the show, oh, that there are far more there, than I could have ever imagined back in August. There's an segment theme. It's what, what off-the-rails topic will, will detour, deter the uh, opening theme. Opening so one segment. of the, the many themes that have surprisingly been created on the show since August started was, it has been you critiquing not just my parents' skills, but really all parents. It, Pretty d- much, d- Despite yeah. the very notable fact that you yourself are not a father, nor have you ever been a father. No, no. Which is fine. No. So I, I've got to tell this story. I think you probably know where I'm going with this, and, and I, people on Twitter maybe they, ha- have some idea. I did see a tease of this on Twitter last night. But it's worth telling, it's worth telling the entire story because I, I want to get everybody's thoughts on this, but specifically I want to get your thoughts on this because God knows what you're going to say, but I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, I'm like Dr. Spock of parenting, yeah. Exactly. That, that's my thoughts to a T. If that wasn't a Vulcan, I wouldn't have gotten that right. <laughs> <laughs> so... We had, we had a good weekend. We, you know, we, we were out and about. We had, had to cancel some stuff. We went to a first birthday party on Saturday. Happy birthday, Rocco Vallejo. Uh, Rocco. Knocked it out of the park. Virginia had a fantastic time. Had cotton candy for the first time. Ooh. Always a seminal moment. She then got to, she played in the bounce house. Had a fantastic time. So we just had a all over the place. Great weekend. Sounds like fun. I so wish I could have gone. Sunday at about like 4 o'clock, 
you know, the Cherokee Triangle Art Fair is happening on Saturday and Sunday. And Mary really wanted to go on Saturday, but we couldn't fit it in with all the other stuff going on. So it's like 4 o'clock. Virginia's just gotten up from her nap, and she's like, the weather's perfect. Let's go. Uh, it ends at 6, but we can still make it out there and have a good time. She wanted One of her mentors, um, shout to Bob Lockhart, was there. He has a, his own exhibit. He's never met the kids, so she wanted to, to catch okay. up with him and have him meet the kids, which was fun. So, so my boy went out too as well? John was there. John was rocking it. John had a big weekend. He was loving everything, just smiling at everybody. So we go there. We're having a very fun time. Like, we're walking around the booth. The kids are loving it. And it's the art fair, right? So you the, just got – Yeah. I've never been to one. It's, it, it's cool. Like, it just everything's out there in the open. You can just walk. They've got drinks. They've got music. They've got – and, you know, Virginia, she's two. So she's still – when she gets out in public, she'll get a little bit shy around new people. Understandable. And there are two exceptions. If there's music – She's going to dance. Like, we went to Havana Rumba. Oh, she's got to shake that booty. Yeah, she does. We went to Havana Rumba Saturday night after the birthday party, and, like, they were playing live, and she just, like, walks up the stage. And just, like, it's, it's killing it. And, like, everybody's watching. She's just dancing. She's living her life. So she, if there's music playing, it doesn't matter how awkward she feels or just unsure she feels, she's going to dance. And the other, the other is Playground. Like, she's Playground queen. Like, Playground doesn't matter. Like, she should be intimidated by the, the big kids and the, the big equipment. She's just not. She loves it. So she has two of those things going on Sunday afternoon. She's, she's dancing, she's going crazy with the music, and then she notices the playground. And I look over there, and it's a swarm of kids who are all, like, bigger than her. And I'm like, oh, bleep. Nice playground, though? Nice playground. It's okay. down there, you know, right there in the, the center of the highlands, right there in the Cherokee Triangle. Okay. And she's like, playground, playground, playground. And I'm like, oh, we have to at least go over there. Like, maybe we can find something small for her to play on, and we can get this over with. But she's not going to give this up. No. So take her over to the playground. She walks up there. I mean, like I said, like, there's kids everywhere. Oh, I imagine. They're almost all, like, just, like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, like, way bigger. She's two. The playground at this place is, like, the daycare in an office, probably. Pretty much. Dropping their kids off there and, you know. Which is part of the problem. Grabbing, like, yeah, like, uh, coat voucher tickets on the way out. So she gets up there. I'm hoping she's just going to go over, like, the little slides and just, like, go down, like, just stay right close to me. And I'm like, eh. And, of course, she, like, goes for, like, the biggest, where, like, all the big kids are (laughs) and, like, rocks right over there. So she's, she walks over there. And this is, like. She's going to be the freshman in high school going right for the senior party. I don't want to talk about it it's not let's not go there okay so she's been on this playground for like 45 seconds and she's walking she's just standing there and i look over there and kid who looks like this little boy who looks like he's i mean got to be seven or eight wow he's, like, he's probably a big kid no he, he look he, i think he's kind of small for it but he's wearing like saint agnes shorts and, and a lionel messi soccer jersey so <laughs> if he's saying if he's the saint agnes kid i'm assuming he's at least kindergarten he looks like more like first, second grade. I thought you were going to say Lionel Richie at first. No, not, not a Lionel Richie jersey. <laughs> so I walk over, like, Virginia's just standing there, like, looking around. This kid just hits her. Hit, like, no, what, what, like were straight, they at the slide? What did you say where they were at? No, they're just, like, they're standing, like, on one of, like, the apparatus, like, where there's, like, a, there's, like, a tunnel there. Like, they're just standing on, like, one of, like, the flat areas of the playground, like, up there. Okay, okay. And this kid, and this is not, like, a little, like, playful, like, kid. Like, this is a, like... Straight punch. Close fist? Close fist. This isn't Will Smith, like, whippy no, this smack. No, is, this is close fist punch right to, like, the left side of her chest. Did he look like he put, did he put some force he in? He put some, like, this is a kid who, like, fights with his brothers. Like, this is a, this is gotcha. like a classic, like, boom. Gotcha, like, gotcha. jab. Like, like straight you. punch. <laughs> yeah, you give a good description. And, like, I, I mean, I think I'm seeing things. Oh, you probably went saw red, didn't you? I think I'm seeing things. Did you go red Ross? So, I, I see the punch happen. Like, I'm, I'm right there. And, like... Virginia usually when she if, if she's out in public and something bothers her like usually she's able to hold it inside and then she kind of runs over to us and then maybe she'll cry a little bit but th- she just gets punched and she like you see, tell for like a second she's like what the and then just like 
loses it. Just did, falls. Did she go down or did she stand? She her, stayed up. Stand ground. Good. She stayed up. Yeah, that's our girl. She, but she's she's like, like I think just shocked. She's in, like this kid, well, yeah. like, like trying to process like what? Why did this just happen? And so like she sees me, I go over and I grab her. And you know at this point now it becomes what am I gonna do? And my initial reaction <laughs> is like, eight year old, didn't you? I, I, mean, I wanted to, <laughs> but like I'm I, I see this kid and he like I'm. My initial reaction is like to just talk to him like he's like a 20-year-old. And I, I just look up at him my first time. I go, what the bleep was that, man? <laughs> I go, what the – and he looks at me. And there he wasn't goes, a bleep, right? No, nah, I said the F word. <laughs> oh, we went F. Okay. I said, what the F was that, man? And right. Because I'm just like in shock. Like, you should, like you're clearly like Understandable. A, a big kid who just hauled off and punched a two-year-old girl. Like, where are – and he looks at me and goes, I didn't do anything. And wow. that's when I knew. That's, that's when I was like, this wasn't – you can't pawn it off on it as an accident. You weren't, like, just playing. You, you were just, like, throwing air punches. Like, you just hit my daughter for no reason. And I got, he goes, well, I didn't do anything, man. I go, I go, you're just bleeping punched my two-year-old daughter. Now, and okay, go on. So th- it becomes, like, like, what do I do at this point? And I think I, I said, you just bleeping punched my two-year-old daughter. Where are your parents? That's for good. And you nailed it. And he's just staring at me with this dumbass look on his face because he's yeah. a dumbass kid. He's got caught. And, it be, and, and then, like, my, my attention quickly become, like, I need to take care of my daughter because Virginia's hysterical. She's, she's freaking out. She has no idea what's happened. So I just I, I, I walk away from the situation. I take her. Like, I, I hold her. And she's like, what? And, and yeah, I'm telling her, like, it was just a mean boy. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you're okay. Daddy's got you. Like, daddy took care of it. And just calm her down and she ends up being fine a little bit later she goes and dances but it's it, it becomes one of these things where like I'm every time she sees the playground after that like she points and she's like she keeps telling the story she's like little boy that little boy was mean and she's like she, she like acts it out she like throws a jab with her left hand and she's like he just he hit me and I'm and I, I, I all I can think of is like one like because the kids over there are just still playing like parents I'm sure are just MIA did, did you meet the parents no they, like, the, he, he, they like, never came, came over and, like, apologized? The entire time that we were there, the kid was still on the playground just playing by himself, like, the whole hour and a half. And I just wanted to, like, just grab him and just throw him down. And I'm just worried now that she's going to be, like, like, scarred because, like, you, you should never be hit when you're that young. You shouldn't have to, Everybody has to come to the, the realization at some point in their life that there are just crappy people out there who do crappy things and it's not your fault. You shouldn't have to come to that realization when you're two years old. No. And no. she's, like, like, she kept talking about it. Of course, I took her to Target and got her, like, two toys. I'm like, wait, you're, like, you're being a brave girl. But th- this morning, she's in, like, a terrible mood. Holy she doesn't want to go to school. She's saying, I don't like school. She, like, hits Mary a couple of times when Mary's trying to get her dressed, which is totally out of character. And now I'm thinking this kid, this little kid has just, like, scarred her, and this whole, like, event is just, like, in her head. And I just, I want to kill the kid. Like, well. I, 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 want, I want to kill the kid. So I posted briefly. Points and views of Mike Rutherford here on the Big X Radio. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're a parent at St. Agnes. <laughs> who knows a kid who wears a messy jersey and St. Agnes shorts? There may be a young sociopath who is in class with their kid. Just keep an ear out. But so, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just trying to. So I put the thing on Twitter, just kind of explaining the, the brief story. And most people are supportive. But, of course, it's, it's, it's Twitter, and you're never going to get, like, parent. Everybody has a very specific. So there are people, some people who are saying, you know, you use the effort in front of kids. You're a monster. You're the worst dad alive. And there are other parents who, oh. there are other people who are like, you should have punched the kid. And other people who are like, you should have found the dad and fought him. Like all this stuff. And it's just, it's all this back and forth. And the more that I've thought about it, the more I'm like, I, th- I feel okay with what, with the way it played out. I like th- I, the F word, I think was justified. Like this kid needs to find out. No. Like he's, he's a little bleep. Like he's, 
the lack of remorse, even if it was like an accident, like he didn't like check on my daughter. He didn't was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. He didn't care. Like he just punched a little girl and she cried and he just sat there and kept playing. Like, like just little bleep kids. I, I will say this right now. You have no reason to feel good. You, you nailed it 100% right. You hit, you hit, you were, you were Jordan in 98 without having to push off and hit the game winning shot. Dropping one, I, 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 I give you props for only dropping one F-bomb, honestly. I probably yeah, was two. I probably would have used it as like a verb in every other sentence. Every I other wanted word. to. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I probably would have too. Now, like, the, honestly, I know you want to be mad as a little kid, but he's, a little, he's an eight-year-old boy. And like you, you should said, know he, better when you're an eight. You should, but here's the thing. If he's there that long, his parents had yet to even like, walked up to check on him or yelled for him or just, you know, or, or, or heard the commotion of what you, you know, you yelling that probably. Because other parents, I'm sure, looked up like, I can't believe you just said that or something. No. You know, then – Two things. One, they this probably won't be the first last time he's heard the F word in his own house, let alone on the playground, if that as that's your parents. And two, they probably are. He just probably gets. They probably let him with a free like a free leash a little longer than the than some parents do today, especially and should. And, you know, the kid probably didn't mean anything by it. Maybe he let, she was cute. Maybe like maybe he's, he's got a little eight, thing. She's two. Hey, she's a baby. <laughs> Virginia is adorable. So I mean, maybe he just has, a, maybe he just had a little crush on. Him. No, I don't. I don't think that's what happened. Uh, honestly, yeah. You, he, as long as he, you know, you caught him with a deer in headlights, he knew he probably did something wrong. He denied it. He, not like he won't probably do it again, but you know, you you nailed it. You were perfect in the situation, and I think Virginia will probably get a little overpass it eventually. But it's just, I don't know. It was just a like a. One of those, like, I'm like, did that really just happen? Like, you just know, you, you, you know things are going to happen to your kids when they get older and they deal with other kids. You don't expect it to be two years old and, like, an eight-year-old boy. Just I mean, the, the boy is probably like, you can't pass. This is my area or something. And he's eight. I mean, like, I know. Eight, he's an eight-year-old. He's like, you just nailed it, though. He's an eight-year-old kid. It's not like he's an adult. I mean, like, he's 12 or 13. He's eight. You know better when you're eight. Like, not necessarily. To not punch two-year-old girls. That, that's, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think I knew that when I was, like, four. Like, that's, that, that's absurd. Like, he... He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he did. He's just a little ass kid. Like, he's probably a little. He's probably got a little spoiledness to him, or or if anything, he's probably got maybe some uh, some middle child syndrome thing going on. One of the two. And the sad thing is, you want to when 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 stuff like that happens, you want to just say, well, like that kid's going nowhere in life. He's probably going to be like a, in jail or dead. Nah, like, by time. and the reality is, he's probably going to be like president of the United States. I, honestly, it, the fact that you never even saw the parents, I blame them on this one. It, it, it was a. It was a madhouse over there, and there were very Still. few parents. Like, I saw two of my buddies actually had their kids over there, and they're like, a lot of unsupervised kids here. I was like, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I grew up, I mean, I, but, I mean, I was eight years old being left doing my own thing, too, as well. But, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm a little surprised. To, but that's also, you know, 32 years ago, 30, you know, 30, 35 years ago when we're talking about me doing this. Today, you don't see that too often, and I'm a little surprised parents weren't at least in the area. And that's probably why the kids hitting, hitting two-year-olds is because of the parenting. Yeah, I mean, just a. Uh, I wouldn't blame the kid. Twenty percent blame to the kid. The rest, eight percent goes to the parents. Yeah, I'm giving like eighty percent blame to the kid. <laughs> you're going the opposite. He's, he's too. Once you're in grade school, you're you're too old to be doing that. Like that's, it's ridiculous. Maybe, maybe he wasn't in grade. School. Maybe he was only like four, and he's just a big kid. No. How do you know? Did you check his ID? Well, he had St. Agnes shorts on. He was playing with all these St. Agnes. He could kids. have an older brother. I mean. I mean, he's playing with all the the kids that look. If you'd seen me at eight, you'd see me at like four. You probably thought I was eight. Yeah, this kid, you, I think he was small, for, he was short for it, but you could tell by, like, the features he was, he was older. I'm more amazed you, that you didn't take a picture of him real quick and put that on Twitter, like, wanted for a reward, Peppa Pig, you know, season I mean, two. There were a lot of those who take this kid out. There were a lot of things going <laughs> through my mind. Like, I, I wanted to go back and, like, wait for his parents and just, just to say, just to be, like, 
hey, just just so you don't know, be, maybe, yeah, hey, your kid just punched my daughter. Yeah, like you, look at her. She's you want to be civil about it because you don't want to make it feel like you're attacking them. And but. she wasn't doing. She literally was just standing there. She yeah. literally just walked over and was standing there looking around, and kid just punched her in the chest. He's probably one of those kids like this is my area. You can't pass. Just yeah. probably spoiled a little bit. I was spoiled too. Well, I, I but still. You, you, I think for for what it's worth though, and I hope Virginia will be okay. And I think she, I'm sure she was. She's a tough cookie. Uh, you, I think you handled it 100% perfect. Well, I appreciate that. That's you, you, not the response. I, I thought you were going to say I should have no, body slammed no, the kid. No, 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 no. Because there was somebody who was, who was like, in, now, my, now, in my day and age, like a kid like that does that gets punched right in the chest back. I'm like, well, you can't punch kids these days. Well, now, <laughs> it's not the way it works. At least not close fist. Uh, no, no, if the parent had come up and like tried to like come at you like defensive about you, then maybe, yeah, you could do some chest pumping with dad, you know. But other than that, yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I think you handled the kid perfectly. Dropping one, if not just two f bombs only. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually giving you credit, even though the short time I've known you, I'm a little amazed you only did that. It, it was just. Such a, I wouldn't have. I'd have been like, "What the bleep, bleep, and bleep? What the bleep?" I was just you like, little bleep. It was just such a natural. Re- like I would have done it in any situation where I was that surprised by like a boy. And like, I mean, I just like looked up. I was like. <laughs> what what the bleep was that, man? Like, he almost dropped it on the air. I just I couldn't believe what happened. Like I just I'm still like kind of in shock by it. But she she ended too. up having a good day at school and she was fine good, when she got good. home. And she yeah, she's I, a she's a trooper. She, I think she's gonna she'll forget about moving on. She'll move on from it a little bit. I think over time. She was just punching too much. Like and she, like this morning she's woke up and just like started hitting. I was like, oh my god, now she's gonna punch every kid at school. Like this, <laughs> this well, is just a I mean, disaster. in fairness, it is a step up from biting. Yeah. I, mean, at least, at least I guess. Punch leaves less of evidence. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Stocks line. Texture uh, says, uh, stop taking out for this kid, Trevor. He could have actually hurt her. Um, he could have, but he, and luckily he did. I, I'll be honest with you. Now you made me feel bad about my weekend and what I accomplished. Well, I, I want to get to that in yeah. a second. I just want to read these texts so we can oh, move yeah. on and not have to keep going back to this. Uh, Texture said, I, if the kid is punching little girls, I'm sure he's heard the F word before. Kind of your point. Uh, yeah, yeah. If the, and if the parents are that lax on covering him, there's something tells me, yeah, he's heard that word in his house before and much longer after he will. Texture said, you should have did what Bobby Petrino did to the Kentucky coach. I, I mean, you do, <laughs> you have that thought where it's like, even if you don't punch, like, you just grab him by the collar and just be like, I'm going to find you. What, what's like, the, I, I know exactly where you live. What's the modern family when they first uh, came and the, uh, dropped the, the, the daughter off and the little boy like kind of like nudges her? Yeah. And Cam goes and picks the kid up by his shirt and like, lifts him up to his eye level. That's like, what are you doing, you little punk? Kind of. <laughs> and, I mean, it's what you think. Like, he's on this little platform and you do just kind of like snatch his <laughs> yeah. ass off and just like, you know, what, what is wrong with you? Um, it's, I mean, it, it is what it is. Texter says, Mike, I understand your frustration, but you're referencing this boy's parents. There may not be parents. If violence is normal to this boy, imagine what his life is like. That's the hardest thing. I've been on playgrounds over an hour where no adult showed up for a kid. Scary stuff. Now, it, you're at an art fair, though, so something tells me that they have at least a parent. I would I mean, I don't also think if you're like going some, to St. Agnes. Like, yeah, you've got, you may not be. I know I'm making assumptions here, but having grown up in Catholic schools. Yeah, I think he's, I mean, it may not be a nuclear family of all things, but I, yeah, I would go into bed, yeah. They probably, more likely, he has probably got like a little, like some little siblings. That's why they were probably occupied with babies or something. Texas says Mike is, is going to find a 13-year-old and pay him $20 to take this kid out of the playground. I did like look at John last night. I'm like, you can't grow up fast enough, buddy. I'm like, I'm like it's time. You're going to avenge your sister. You're already, you already kind of look like the marshmallow man. It's, when you're five, I'm sending you out there. I'll be, again, he, he's my boy. By the time he's four, he can take out a 12-year-old. Texas says, has Trevor ever been to Cherokee Park? Uh, Your lack of familiarity with Cherokee Park has really showed up the last two episodes because Cherokee Golf Course came up yesterday and you were like, where is it? I'm like, well, it's, it's in Cherokee Park. I've been to Cherokee Park probably in 15, 20 years maybe. Wow. Now, I used to go, now that's the one with like Hogan's Fountain, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, I used to go play ball at Hogan's Fountain and uh, all the time, like every weekend when I, back in high school. And I used to go to the uh, – the, I went to, like, uh, LRS Fest. I think it was at Cherokee Park one time before it moved to the waterfront. Was it? Yeah, there was one. I know I saw Bush and Wax. And uh, who's the band that plays Caesar? The Veruca Salt. They were at a concert there in Cherokee Park one time back in the 90s. Uh, but, yeah, outside of that, it's probably been – yeah, I mean, I'm not lying. It's probably been at least over 20 years since I've been there. Texas says if Mike's voice makes a Wolverine purr, Trevor's laugh makes a blank blank. I don't even know what that <laughs> it's means. It's like an ad lib. He's, the, the, he's, he's saying you fill it in. This is the second straight remote. You can tell the people who didn't listen to Friday's remote or who, who have forgotten quickly that are referencing the microphone because there's a lot of Dixie Cup talk, a lot of well, uh, bunker it, talk. What it is is we're, see, we're on a remote, and because of when we do remotes, Mike gets put on the stage. We're at this great setup. He's on the stage like it's the face of the show. They've got me like sloth down here. I'm in a <laughs> Trevor's bl- actually in the bathroom. I'm actually on remote. I'm in a, in a broom closet <laughs> in the kitchen uh, right now. In fact, if you, if you do, you, the dishwasher, the dishwashing setup is like right next to me. So there may be some like static coming in later, but that's what it is. Like I'm not allowed to be like at the center of like, I, I can't beat the face. I'm on the stage here, and the echo you hear from Trevor's mic is actually him just broadcasting from a stall. But it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a nice one. I'm actually I'm in my car, still just smoking heaters. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We'll, we'll move away from almost beating up eight-year-old kids uh, in, in the second segment. We are live at the Blind Squirrel out here in Middletown. Stop by and see us. The doors are going to open up at four. What do you got? I was going to say, I just remember my buddy's kid is six. He's pretty good. He's pretty athletic. All right, we may, we may need to make a call. Do you need to, Cameron can, I think Cameron can handle that. We may need to hit him up. Uh, we, okay. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the Devin recommitment from over the weekend. Yeah, baby. The first actual recruit commitment of the Kenny Payne era. We'll talk about that and take more of your text at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show live from the Blind Squirrel here on 1450 The Big X. Welcome back in. Mike Rutherford Show live from the Blind Squirrel out here in Middletown. We'll be here until 6 o'clock, kicking off Derby Week the right way. Stop by and see us. Grab a drink. Watch one of the 8,000 TVs that they've got in here, including the gigantic TV front and center here uh, at the Blind Squirrel. Huge space, fantastic atmosphere. They've got volleyball courts outside. They've got a party room upstairs. They've got a gigantic bar. Everything you could possibly ask for is here at the Blind Squirrel. We spent the, the first part of today's show talking it's about... It's like being next to Kendrick Perkins for real. It, it is. Kendrick <laughs> Perkins is right there. I feel like we just could put our arms around him. It's like him. a life-size version over here. It is enormous. It is fantastic. And, and, and on mute, which is the best he's ever looked. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, we spent the first segment sort of uh, recapping the weekend. I shared my story about having to hold off on beating up an eight-year-old boy who punched my daughter and whether or not I handled the situation Boy, correctly. Out of context, that's not the message boards are going to run with yeah, that. Yeah, put up the thread. Uh, Trevor actually, shockingly, the man who typically critiques my parenting advice because I don't uh, both drug my kids or do drugs around my kids, has he, he kind of – I got the Trevor stamp of approval today. You did, yeah. You did. Now are you worried that you did something wrong? That I, I think you handled it 100% perfect? I'm not going to lie to you, it has crossed my mind. 
It didn't help the. I felt like. Where I, was Marriott during this, by the way? She was with John. She okay, had, so she was away from you. Yeah, yeah. she had. Uh, I had taken like Virginia was like demanding to go to the playground, and Mary's like, okay, she's she's like, you take her. I'm gonna go uh, over take like him, look yeah. at more. She's trying to find a piece of art, and gotcha. yeah, like I, I, of course, like right after it happens, I'm like trying to find her, and she she just come around. And she's like, which one was it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she honestly, I probably handled it better than she would. I think I'm she would have she would have gotten more upset than I did. Yeah, because yeah, you're the. You're the calm one. The, the, the re- sometimes the voice of reason. Sometimes, bit. yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah. She's she tends to not handle adversity as well as I do. I'm trying to <laughs> to frame this the right way. Some of us, I mean, she she comes down initially, but right away when something happens, it, it's like, her initial reaction to things is like act and then think later. Yeah. And I feel like I <laughs> at least think a little bit more before oh, acting than she does. Been there. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Uh, I, love, I did love the last text on this. I said, texture says, also, this advice is coming from Trevor, the guy who openly supported bullying in the past. You have said that. <laughs> well, that's why I said the kid's not 100%. That's why I put away 20% blame on the kid. Yeah, which I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. I mean, I, I give 80% to the parents. Uh, we, we have plenty of sports news to get to from over the weekend. I, I mentioned Devin Ree originally was set to commit today, which was fitting. It's, it's May 2nd, 5-2, 5-0-2 days, what everybody refers to it as now. And so that was when he initially said his commitment. And then I guess it was partially because or, or fully because everybody in the world was breaking the commitment, the news that he was going to commit to Louisville. And there was zero, you know, like everybody knew exactly what was going yeah. to happen. There was nobody out there predicting that there may be a surprise or that there is a, another team coming on strong late. And so uh, he moves the commitment up to Saturday at 3 o'clock, which is news that we found out on Friday when we were on the air. And to the surprise of nobody, Devin Reed does commit to L. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, he becomes the first recruit to commit to Kenny Payne at Louisville. Um, I, I know some people say, well, what about Kamari Lands? Lands, you know, committed to the, the prior Pratt, regime. Yeah. He did sign with Louisville under Kenny Payne's watch, which is, is certainly no small deal to be able to keep a talent like that around, uh, given everything. And then Brandon Huntley Hatfield, the transfer from Tennessee, was technically the first, I guess, player of, of any form to commit to coming to Louisville. And then, you know, you also have the, the players committing to return to Louisville. But this was the first recruit. Going down the rabbit hole there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, yeah, you can phrase these things a lot of different ways. This was the first recruit to go ahead and commit to Kenny Payne. Six foot eight, 185 pounds. He's number 77 in ESPN's top 100 rankings. I believe he's number 86 in 24-7 sports, uh, their 22 class rankings. He put up ridiculous numbers his junior season in Terry High School in Mississippi, uh, which is right around where Kenny Payne is from, ironically. He posted averages of 23.2 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 blocks per game. He then, for this past season, tra- uh, transferred to Oak Hill Academy. Ever heard of it? Not, yeah. not the one in Texas, Trevor. Not the one Trevor. in Texas? <laughs> the one that doesn't actually exist. And as you might expect, those numbers. Is there an Oak Hill, Texas? Somebody even took geography. I don't know. Let me know. We, we, we can look it up in a second. Paris, Texas. He, you know, the numbers dipped, as you might expect, playing at Oak Hill around so many other prestigious players. But still, yes. 11.2 points, 4.3 rebounds per game. And the bigger thing for Louisville fans, he shot 44.7% from three and 84.6% from the free throw line. This is, he, he's very slight, 6'8", 185 pounds. I think you can imagine how that looks. He, he needs to put on muscle if he's going to play. Uh, maybe more of an expanded role later in his college career. Probably. But there's one easy way to get on the court if you're a freshman who needs to develop physically, and that's by being a lethal shooter. And that's exactly what he is. He, he is a guy who can knock down the outside shot, and it doesn't matter how big you are or how small you are. If you have that skill set, they're going to find a way to get you on the floor 
early in your college career. And I think that's what you're going to see with Devin Ree. He's going to play next season. He's going to be viewed as a uh, shooting specialist. I think he can do some other things. I think he is rightly qualified as a three-level scorer. But maybe the, those extra elements of his game, including the defense, the shot blocking, and being able to score more off the bounce, you're going to see more of that his sophomore, junior year when he's able to put on some muscle. But for next year, always good to add an electric shooter, and that's exactly what he is. I mean, there's no reason to think, and I don't think you're your fan, you shouldn't think this, that there is. I mean, he will get an opportunity in his freshman year, I would think, to get on the court, get in rotation. And, and I think with, with Payne and this, this team, what we know is just, I mean, it's going to be kind of similar to – you know, with better results, I hope it's similar to this last season where we're going into a year with, you know, we've got a, a, a large group of players. We just don't know the mix and match properly right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, now obviously with, with the guard situation, it, it's the point guard particularly, you know, that's only being kind of one ball handler right now. That's kind of the only lock. But everything else, you know, we don't know. We're, we're going to be – there's going to be a lot of testing in those first few games of the season. Not only that, I mean, Kenny Payne, we're going to see what kind of offense he wants to run and who matches his – you know, what kind of situation he wants in the mix and match. So I think Ree is definitely going to get on the court a little bit this year. Hopefully, you know, we'll see, you know, while he develops as the year goes along, how much he plays early opposed to the end of the season. But from what I haven't watched any highlights, I'm, I'm the old man, you know, like I want to see him when he gets uh -huh. here. You know, I'll maybe watch a clip here or there, but I'll take nothing from it really for the most part other than watching his shooting motion because, I mean, you're, his, his measurements and his skill level – and, and, you know, backwoods Mississippi, I imagine he was like, well, Chamberlain in the 50s of those kids. And that explains the numbers. The transition to Oak Hill, I like the number. I love that you pointed out the 44% three-point shooting. And for 47. Those, 47, excuse me. And for those that, you know, want to be the hater and say, oh, he's probably wide open. Well, you know what? A little bit, a lot of guys wide open this year, and I'm shot anywhere near 40%. That's right. So he's, he gets still good wide open looks and probably will get a decent amount of wide open looks this year as well, or good looks in general because, of, you know, Curry is going to be seeing some double teams and things like that. So yeah, I am. I'm very excited, very pumped, and the only the only the only issue I have is that I'm kind of feel bad for the kid that we kind of spoiled it for him and he had to push it up because that's a big moment for him. You know, I, I bet he wanted to maybe have maybe a party or something. But I hope he doesn't hold that against us and and, and makes us uh, it makes us very happy here. Hey man, having a party on Saturday is better than having a party that's on Monday. I, I think he probably made the well, right decision. Well, he was getting out of school though. But, well, yeah, he's probably that, not in school true. anymore though. Yeah. Anyway, I guess he's probably that's out. That's true. But. Uh, he is a he's the type of player that I think you need to recruit in this day and age. Um, assuming that they won't transfer after the freshman or sophomore years wow. anymore. But if you're going to, like, let's say that this, this flood of five-star recruits that we all hope is coming in 2023, that comes to fruition. We get DJ Wagner. We get a couple of the other kids from Camden or from the New Jersey area that are ranked in the top 15, top 10. And it's changing the landscape of Louisville basketball. Okay. A lot of those kids, maybe all of them, are going to be here for one season, maybe two. You need, if you're going to have some sort of success in the long term, you've got to have at least some carryover from one roster to the next. And yeah. it's got to be guys who played roles. And I think Devin Ree is that type of player that you've seen on championship teams in recent years at programs like Villanova, like Kansas, guys who have, you know, they have their fair share of grad transfers. They have their fair share of normal transfers. They have their fair share of one-and-dones or two-and-dones. But all of those teams have had guys that have been in that program for at least three seasons and that have been somewhat productive and have gotten markedly better, who have gone the typical, the old-school college route. And I think Devin Ree can be one of those players. The you know, back end of the top 100 coming out of high school, four-star player, needs to develop physically but is good enough to get on the floor right away and get at least some experience and then will get progressively better and play progressively more minutes as his college career goes along. And, again, things are different now with – seemingly everybody at least testing the transfer portal waters but I think 
on the surface, this seems like a perfect signing for what we hope Kenny Payne is about to do in these next two to three years. And I think what he can do defensively will be also determined heavily on how much he plays early on sure. and throughout the season as well. I mean, defense has always been the that's, – that's the thing that, that most incoming kids have are always three steps behind the eight ball, it seems like, with everything else in their production coming in from high school to college. And, I mean, they just – they. I mean, they don't have to play D. I mean, and it, they can play lazy kind of off, off the ball defense when you're, you've got that kind of wingspan, that size in high school level, and you don't have to actually play hard in those defenses. One thing they got to learn, and hopefully, you know, that's when, when Patino was an example of why Patino kids didn't play right away. You know, they had to play defense. I don't know how much that will be important to Kenny Payne. I'm sure there'll be some, but the level of importance compared to Patino, I don't know. I mean, if it's, if it's more like Cal, then. You're probably thinking a little less on the defensive stress than than, than Patino would, but I'm I'm curious to see that too. And this is a kid that you know how many times have we, you know I'm not saying that, you know him or even you know Lands, or, but I mean the, the the examples of kids in that 50 to 85 90 area that has that kind of size and length of the three four star kids. I mean every year almost you have one of those that kind of come out of nowhere, or yeah. you know whether it be a freshman or come out as a sophomore, you know to have a really solid freshman year and then really blossom as a sophomore. I'm not saying that's this kid. I'm not saying it could be Lance that does it. I'm just saying there's always reason to have a little bit of hope and a little bit of maybe, you know, be a little over the top because you never know. Sure. And, I mean, if you can shoot it, they'll find a spot for you. Think about it. And those measurements, I mean, that's 6'8", what did you say, 190? 185. 185. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's I mean, obviously needs to put on about 50 more pounds at least. But short of that, I mean, I, I, yeah, I like it. I mean. Think about the players because you mentioned the Rick Pitino thing where he was hesitant to play freshman I mean, people talk about it still to this day, about we should have played freshman more. The freshmen that he did give a longer leash to and that he did put in their starting lineups, most of them all had one thing in common. They could shoot the ball. I mean, that's Jerry true. Smith started from day one. Uh, yeah. He didn't improve a whole lot, but he was, he was more of a finished product because that's who he was. Um, uh, who else am I thinking of? Uh, Taekwon Dean started from day one. He started before Francisco yeah. Garcia did. Like, he was uh, a knockdown shooter. They found a spot for him. You're going to, I mean, even Ryan McMahon early in his career when he clearly was not physically ready and you knew that he was very limited in how he was going to be able to compete against ACC guards, Rick Pitino found playing time for him because he could shoot the ball. Like, that, that's, it's a skill set that is so valuable, especially in this day and age, the way that the game is being played. You'll find time to play Devin Ree if he's as good shooting the ball as he looks like he is coming out of high school. And, and I don't know, and, and I know you may, we may slightly disagree on terms, but in today's college basketball, Six eight one ninety. That's a guy I can see can play two, three, or four in certain lineups. We've got a lot of wings in this roster. A lot I mean, can, of wings. But you can go small with him at the four. I think in certain matchups. I don't know. I know he's only at one hundred eighty five pounds, and you're probably thinking I'm crazy. And I, but I haven't seen him yet, so maybe I am. But I mean, at six eight one eighty five, and certain. I mean, you're going small ball, and it's not out of the you know out of the, out of the craziness to think of to play small ball. Sports talker just walked in and just completely threw me off my game. I love it. I mean, I can't help it. He's here to party. I know. Uh, let's, let's talk about the other targets that are coming up here in the transfer portal, the names that we're going to be discussing this week. Um, at the top of everybody's list, Tyrese Hunter. is still out there. Yep. Tyrese Hunter Watch 2022 continues. Have we heard any more about Thursday's meeting? We have not. Like, at least I haven't. I think that there's been some speculation. Well, you haven't, I haven't. <laughs> well, I think there's been some talk, some chatter on the, you know, the, the recruiting message boards about how things went. People seem optimistic, but they, they, they typically seem optimistic. What's building right now in this transfer portal is a lot of Louisville and Kansas kind of crossing swords here, to use a, <laughs> to use a, a phrase that we all heard growing up. You've got 
they're going after Baylor Shireman. Money He's on gone. me saying that before you was well, way better. <laughs> we are. There's, every time there's a transfer that seems to be on Kansas's list, he's popping up on Louisville's list and vice yeah. versa. Louisville and, and Kansas are both. Two cheaters in the FBI, too, on top of it. Well, you know, you don't, you don't have to say these things, Trevor. <laughs> Louisville and Kansas are both hotly after Tyrese Hunter. I think that there's some sense that they are the two leaders for Tyrese Hunter at this moment. One thing to keep an eye on, the kid from, uh, from Texas Tech who just announced that he was transferring over the weekend did take a shot at Mark Adams when he was leaving, too. He, he was like, he's like, this guy will take. Or Mark Adams. He's like, this guy will take a lot of transfer, but he didn't want anybody to transfer. Uh, Kevin McCuller is his name. He is down to just two schools, and it's Gonzaga and Kansas. If he picks Kansas, and I, I, don't, I don't know what the timetable is for his decision, but if he acts first, if he picks Kansas, I think you feel a lot better about Tyrese Hunter if you're Louisville. If he picks Gonzaga, I think suddenly you feel not quite as good about Tyrese Hunter. The other big name. I think it matters what Kansas feels, too. I can see that if Kansas is going heavy after this kid, that means they don't feel good about Tyrese as well. Yeah, I mean, they're, they were in the Baylor Shireman sweepstakes. They have been cut like Kentucky. Uh, he, he narrowed his list to six. So I think that they weren't UK expecting didn't make that. The list? UK did not make the list. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they, well, they, it's, you know, we're going to talk about that later. It's apparently, it's there. It's, it's, it's them, not you. It's, they're out. You come to us with an NIL deal, we're not going to do it. Kansas also is on the short list of Amani Bates. They're going after him. Um, but the name that came out over the weekend that I, I think is very, very interesting is Isaiah Mosley, kid from Missouri State, first team All-Missouri Valley Conference. Oh, I thought that was a kid from USC. Mobley. Ah, okay. There you go. Isaiah Mosley is from Missouri State. He averaged over 20 points per game. He's, people talk about him in terms of being potentially the best pure scorer available in the transfer portal. He's an electric offensive player, um, can score in a variety of ways. He lit up pretty much everybody in that conference while he was there. Not particularly interested in playing defense. I think you have to hope it's one of those situations where you get him on campus and you just kind of beat it into him that he's going to have to play a little bit more defense here than he, uh, than he had in the past. But Kansas also is right there with him, and he's a, his best friend – is currently a point guard on Kansas's team. He's clearly from that part of the country. He's been playing in you know the, the Valley area. Um, there's you know, Kansas kind of runs that that part of the country. So we'll see what happens on, on that front. But if you land either Isaiah Mosley or Tyrese Hunter, I think suddenly you feel much much better about your offense for next season if you're Louisville. And while I prefer Hunter just because I think he fits, he, he gives us everything that we're lacking at this moment on the roster in terms of being a. A fantastic manager at point guard, terrific ball handler, can handle pressure from virtually any type of defender, scores well enough to, you know, have that part of his game, averaged almost 13 points per game last year for Iowa State. You need his defense, too, because the yeah, defense last say, year with our guards was so, so and lacking. I, and Iowa State's defense was just off Fantastic. Yeah, and he, awesome. I, in his freshman season, his only season of college basketball, he had the sixth most steals in a single season in the history of Iowa State basketball. So he gives yeah. you an element that you have been – really lacking for the last, I'd say, two seasons. You've been so bad defensively at the guard position, and like that, that is such a big boost. But if you don't get him and you get Mosley, I still think you have the pieces there to potentially be a, a top 25 caliber team, a team that makes the NCAA tournament and maybe can make some noise there. Because, but you've got you've to get one of these guys. You have to get one of these top-tier transfers at some point. If you miss on both of them, ooh, it, it becomes a, a, a difficult hill to climb. Yeah, I mean, Hunter, to me, is just the clear-cut if, if you're saying pick between one of these two guys, I'm going to take 107 days 100%. twice on Sunday. I mean, I'm, sure. I'm going to take him twice every day and three times on Sunday. 
That's just the uh, – now would I tell Mosley, like, no? No. No, you want both. I mean, I would take both, yes. There is, there, there is ample playing time for I mean, both these guys yeah, on next I year's mean, team. Is, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take – I'll tell you, if both say one, I'll, we're going to come here, then I'm not going to – yeah, I'm not going to say no to either one. But if there's, like, pick one, you can only have one, yeah, I'm taking Hunter over and over and over and over again without even hesitation. And nothing against Mosley, just – I bringing in him, which could be yes, he could give you a guy with some experience. You know, you mentioned put up have big points last two years, nineteen and twenty points, and can be a score. But we also just have like that, that six five, six six, two three wing area. I mean, we we've got kind of got that. I mean, I don't want to say covered because there's a lot of question marks with who we've got in that position, mm-hmm. but we've got a lot of options at that position. A lot right of now. options. And we did last year too, though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it did not but, go but great. But we also had a lot of off the court issues that didn't help everything. Uh, and you know, hopefully, better coach. And we've said this. We said this last year during the season multiple times that you know, better coaching this team would have been more productive. Sure. We think. I'm not saying we're going to maybe return it, but yeah, you know, it's still a better option, a better chance. Um, with with Hunter, I mean, you need that. I mean, that is just a desperate need right now for this team. You know, whether you, you use him and you move Ellis over the two, or you use him and you still use Ellis kind of in a rotation with him, off the, whatever you want to do with it. Because right now we have. The two and three, pretty much. I don't want to say co- again cover because it's question mark, but there's so much depth there that I wouldn't mind having someone with a little more stability and a little more confidence of, of their track record. But it's right now with Reed committing and with Lance being good, and I, I'm okay right there with there. I, I want here's, the point guard. Here's the thing with both Hunter and Mosley, who are you know you can we can argue about the order. They are, to me at least, unquestionably two of the ten best players available in the transfer portal. And we talked about after Tyrese Hunter became uh, a guy who had us on his short list, you know, are we putting too much pressure on Kenny Payne to land him? Is, is it unfair to have these types of expectations given that Louisville has still that dark cloud of uncertainty hanging over their heads? I still think that's a valid question, but it becomes more difficult to just brush that away if these kids, either one of them or, God forbid, both of them, pick Kansas. Because Kansas is in the exact same situation that we're talking about. Well, with Hunter with multiple years, though, it's exactly. Yeah. But but like we can't use that as an excuse if we lose. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because they're make, they're jumping into the exact same waters. Kansas yeah. can't guarantee any kid right now, whether it's a recruit or a transfer, that they're going to be eligible for the 2023 NCAA tournament. No, they, they, hell, they, they can't guarantee that Bill Self is going to be on the sidelines for any games next season. I mean, you can't make that pitch. We are in that. If you're looking at it from that perspective we are in at least a little bit of a better position than Kansas is. So if you lose either one of these kids to KU, I get a little bit more annoyed than I do if you lose them to another program. The problem is that Kansas, A, I don't think is telling them. that They're, they're probably assuring every recruit that they're going to be okay. Well, use Google recruits. And, 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 well, <laughs> and B, the, one, the, only, the only problem, unfortunately, is that Kansas can coming off a national championship and where they're at in their program in terms of the talent level and stability – is uh, obviously, but you see what I'm saying, yeah. like like that excuse that people would use. Oh yeah, yeah, for is, me, yeah. Like, that's out the window to me. It becomes a little bit more. But if you difficult think Bill Self's not telling these kids, oh, we're going to be good next year, don't you? Don't have to worry. Then you you've never met a college basketball coach on a recruiting trip. Well, Bill Self hates, hates transfers, so <laughs> just remember that. <laughs> yeah, Both Tyrese and Isaiah, the, the man hates transfers. He doesn't hates, like them. He also hates old people and dogs. He yells at them and kicks them all the time. And gracefully losing his hair. So yeah. all those things. Already are, punches two year olds. Punches two year olds. Well, yeah, on playgrounds. <laughs> that's, that was probably his kid wearing the. The St. Agnes shorts. Uh, grow up, Bill. 
do the graceful thing and just drop out of both these sweepstakes and not be a hypocrite. That's, that's my yeah. message here. Uh, we got to call it an hour here. We are live at the Blind Squirrel out in Middletown. Stop by and see us. If you're a UK fan, stop by and see TJ Walker, the sports stalker. Uh, pick his brain. Make him feel better about Jay Lucas going to Duke. It's going to be a fun, fantastic time. The doors are opening here in one minute. We'll be back with hour number two. We'll talk a little derby, much to Trevor's uh, dismay. We'll talk about Pierce Clarkson making some news, and we'll talk about uh, the latest comments from John Calipari as well. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Two here, Mike Rutherford Show, 1450 The Big X. We are live at the Blind Squirrel out in Middletown. Stop by and see us. Doors are now open. People are filing in. Uh, Trevor Kelsey stopped outside to smoke a heater, and it's what he said. I think he was actively avoiding talking to TJ Walker, who came over here to talk to you, and you just were, you just, Tell him you just bounced on him. You didn't want to have any sort of UK talk. He did it on purpose. He's now booing you from the bar. Well, he's a little mad at me because the uh, Blue Jays has basically uh, had their way with the Red Sox so far this season. Yeah, they have. And the Red Sox right now are kind of like one step above the Reds. Big series. Well, oh God. We, we, I told you we don't they mention Red that name. Sox, right? We don't mention they that name on the show. They weekend, didn't they? They have not. Yeah. They yes, they did. Three and like 20? Three and 19 now. Trevor, they're bad. That's me. You know, I, every year I hear Reds fans joke about, and I've been in that position too as a Blue Jay fan, where it's like, oh, we're just going to be awful this year. This is historically bad, man. It quite literally is. They I are mean, approaching is... the worst record after, uh, I think, 30 games. They're, they're certainly flirting with it. What is the record for fewest wins in the first 30 games in MLB history? I think they can get there, and it's getting to the point now where I'm starting to actively root for it. Like, like we've, we, we've reached a point in the text, because the record for fewest wins in a 162-game season I think is that Tigers team from a few years ago that won 47. Okay. And if we're Didn't in, the Astros win a couple 40-win seasons? They had a couple. They were, they were down there. Yeah, but when, if 47 is the number, and we're in the mix by July. But you're not playing 162 games this year. Yes, they are. Oh, they are? Okay. Yes. I, We've I, had this discussion on the show before. And you're amazed I forgot it? <laughs> I mean, I, consistently somehow I am amazed. Yeah, okay. If, if we get to July <laughs> and they're in the mix, I will start actively rooting against the Reds. You know what sucks is that you, you're going to have a draft at some point, and you're not the first pick because it's whoever was last last year. Yeah. So you got to wait like you got to wait so long the next year to even have a draft in the middle of your season next we year. We did finally DFA. Wonder who will be the top prospect next year. We, we did. Talk. We did finally DFA the Punisher, Aristides Aquino. The era has come to a close. Will forever be one of the greatest outliers in the history of Major League Baseball because he had. I don't know if you even remember this. He had a month in August of 2019 when he first got called up. Yeah, from the he, was, he was like he did like a Jay Bruce thing. He came up and just nailing the he ball. He came everywhere. up and he hit 14 home yeah. runs in August of 2019. In the three years that transpired since, he hit 173 and 13 home runs. Yeah. Was, is he, did you cut him though? You said he's gone. He's, he's done. Gone. He's <laughs> he was hitting uh, a .49 this this season in video as an everyday starter. I, I love one thing I loved about him on the MLB The Show game. Where they do ratings, they do a rating of contact, which is kind of your batting average versus right and left, and power versus right and left. His power versus RNL were both in like 84 and 88. His his contact versus RNL were like 32 and 40. He's I mean, it, it was Billy Hamilton level of contact versus right and left. Shout out to another former Red. Yeah, he he was quite literally like the the closest we've gotten to a real life version of Pedro Serrano 
being like, like the man could not hit anything that broke. And people figured it out very quickly after his dramatic start to his, his professional career. This guy hits a ton. How nobody else can catch up on him? Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk. We, we we mentioned you know the draft had started on Thursday, so we talked on Friday about you and I both feeling pretty good about the way things went for your Philadelphia Eagles and my Detroit Lions. And it just got better and better over the weekend, my friend. It it did. From a Louisville fan perspective, we have to mention the fact that no Cardinals were drafted for. Um, on one hand, you say, well, it's just the second time since 2013. On the other, you say, well, it's the second time in three years that no Louisville <laughs> players have been drafted. Uh, we did have three players sign undrafted free agent contracts after the draft was over. Cole Bentley signed a deal with the Arizona Cardinals. C.J. Nice. Avery signed a deal with the Chicago Bears. And Quinterio nice. Cole signed a deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. All the, the three guys that we thought had at least an outside shot of being drafted are the ones that signed those undrafted free agent contracts. Plus good spots for those. The Bears obviously have Rock, uh, they have Smith, the middle linebacker, who's a stud, uh, but they could always use some depth running that 4-3. Three, three. The Raiders have tons of holes in their secondary, short of middle grad uh, Mr. Hobbs. They went to Illinois via Illinois now with the Raiders, along with Trey Mullins, the kid out of Ohio State. So they've got some holes that they're about to let Abrams go with safety. After this year, didn't speak of a fifth-year contract. I like the spots they landed in Arizona's offensive line. Total disaster. Till now. I think that, like I said on Friday, I think C.J. Avery has a legit chance to hang around the league as like a special teams yeah, specialist. I like like a, Avery. He, he could you know, fill a void. I think he's too small to play linebacker at the NFL level unless he bulks up significantly. He probably could learn the safety position and maybe be like a – uh, third string guy there, but special teams seems like the most likely route if he's going to they stick. Good safeties in Chicago. Too. Yeah, and, Amos and, uh, and Jackson are both really good. Quinterio Cole, I, I think, showed a lot last year. He has a outside shot to make that roster if that secondary is as depleted as you're saying. It is. It's and bad. Like you mentioned, Cole Bentley, not quite as big as, as an NFL offensive lineman. He can get there though, and the Cardinals need all sorts of help. Maybe he could be a depth add, or at worst, a practice squad guy who kind of flips back and forth between active and, and practice squad. But disappointing to not have a draft where, you know, there's really much hope at all of a Louisville Cardinal being taken. And if there is any hope, you know it's going to be that last day. So hopefully this is the last time that we go through something like this. Also, you know, shout out to the, the UK fans here. I, I have to mention the fact that the Lions really, really leaning into the whole only NFL franchise to have never taken a Louisville Cardinal by taking Josh Pascal in the second I mean, round. take to the Lions. Hey, Detroit, you, you haven't won because you haven't taken a Louisville player. Okay, let's draft a guy from UK. I mean, that, that just sounds like the Lions. That's, that's the Lions for you. Even though I'm glad Pascal got drafted, he's good. That's a good story. We've had some success with UK players over the years too. Who the Lions? We had our two spinner back in the day. The Tuse was loose. Our two, our Tuse is one of the most underrated UK running backs. When they talk UK best running backs in history, our Tuse gets no credit. We also we, we had Jalen Reeves Maven for a while, Marcus's son. So I feel like that that's like well, you've got, at you've least drafted, halfway. You drafted UK player last year, the the guard Steinberg. We're always drafting UK players. Yeah, we're he, never drafting local players. Who was probably would have gone higher if they found you know didn't have T Rex arms a guard. It just I'll say it again and then I'll I'll leave this forever. If you're a a member of the Lions front office and you've tried everything under the sun for as long as you can remember to be remotely relevant in professional football and nothing has worked. Maybe let's look at this one fact. Let's look at the fact that you've never drafted a Louisville player and say, let's just try it. Who's the last Louisville player to even play for the Lions? Let's just see how it feels. Let alone drafted. They've had, they've had some good players from Louisville over the years who? actually play for the team. 
don't know off the top of my head. I can't remember. Well, yeah, they must have been really impactful. Well, they, they were. I'm just <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to make other points here. I can name all the little players that play for the Eagles. Well, you know everything about the Eagles, front, front and center. You are a better Eagles fan than I am a Lions fan. I will fully admit that. And you have more reason to be a better Eagles fan than I have to be a better Lions fan. Well, that, that is true. I'll give you that. So, overall, satisfaction level with Eagles draft. Oh, loved it. Loved it. Uh, obviously, I was a huge fan of Jordan Davis. We talked about that on Friday. Loved the A.J. Brand trade. Uh, not my, I would have preferred maybe D.K. Metcalf, but you know what? The Eagles are so bad at drafting wide receivers. I, the best way to do it is trade that 18th pick instead of taking one ourselves that will screw up. The Titans screwed up, and we'll take one they did well. Uh, the steal the draft, by far, getting Dean, the linebacker, in the third round out of Georgia. I know the injury problems. Yeah, about. what's the deal with that? Supposedly he has a pec injury. They don't know if he's going to be able to play or not. Honestly, even if he's – I tweeted this out. Even if he sits a full year, uh, they have T.J. Edwards, uh, who played really well last year, not the greatest middle linebacker, but not bad right now in Philly. Uh, even if he sits all year, to me, him doing that, that means we just got an extra – a first-round pick for next year. That's him being a rookie next year coming in. To me, that's like we just went from having two to having three first-round picks on next year's roster, and I love it. I love it. I, I really like the center they took out of uh, Nebraska to got to groom under uh, my man Jason Kelsey. The next year, maybe two. Uh, like the tight end they took out of SMU, defensive uh, the linebacker uh, out of Kansas. Who ran Is there a, anybody you didn't like? Who ran a four-four? Well, on top of all that, I just named you all our picks, by the way. On top of all that, they made history after the draft by signing uh, Carson Strong, the, the quarterback out of Nevada, who went undrafted because supposedly injury-related uh, rumors gave him the biggest signing bonus to an undrafted player in NFL history. Is that something to be proud of? Uh, hopefully, because I don't like Jalen Hurts. <laughs> so if he's not, he is healthy. They gave him now this that, that signing bonus is three hundred fifty thousand dollars, but that's a pretty big guaranteed contract for an undrafted kid. The second highest uh, undrafted money guaranteed money to a, a kid, the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Marquise Goodwin, the uh, the cornerback out of I think tennis, uh, I can't remember where he played now. The corner of oh, Clemson, the corner out of Clemson, who went undrafted for some reason. Uh, picked him up as well and gave him the second highest guaranteed money in front of So, yeah, big offseason for Philly. Very big hopes for next year uh, until they tank and then we get DJ Ugly Ugly out of, in the draft number one. Yeah, he's not very good. Yeah. If you want to wonder why a Clemson cornerback fell in the draft, I'll tell you exactly why. It's because they can't actually cover. They just grab everybody. Yeah, Watch any Clemson game. Secondary just holds everybody. Well, he's going to fit in perfect with our corners from last year. <laughs> Clutch and grab like the old school NHL. Uh, AJ Terrell turned out pretty damn good for the, the Falcons. Whatever. He sucks. He's, he's clutch and grab. He just gets away with it in the NFL. That's what I'm saying. Can we talk about this uh, this Pierce Clarkson thing that happened over the weekend? I, I don't I even know if you stuff. saw this. No, I haven't. I was busy. I had a lot on my plate on the weekend. We'll get into it a little later, too. I love when I'm breaking news to you. I love when the reaction is, which happens pretty frequently. Usually yeah. usually it's like this, the same thing that everybody's been talking about for 24 well, hours. I, and you're skipped, like, I skipped Monday's Cardinals, that guy Cardinals news and notes. I just didn't see this. So <laughs> Pierce Clarkson – Notable U of L commit from the 2023 classic quarterback. You know his name. He's competing for a spot. The Elite 11. It's a big thing every single year. Yeah. They they select ele- the 11 best quarterbacks in a specific yeah. recruiting class, and it's be, it's been going on for a long time. I actually know what that is. It actually continued after they made Demarcus Smith one, uh, even even though he, he wound up not being that a great quarterback. That is the only reason I know what the 11 11 is because Demarcus Smith. He was Teddy Bridgewater that, was not. Yes, that, I mean. Did not hear, you could not hear those two words put together. His name and Elite 11 were always said back-to-back. So they have these camps, basically. It's sort of like an elimination system. You have, like, different levels. You have regional camps. You get to, like, the semifinals. Uh, he competed in, like, the, I guess, regional finalist Elite 11 camp and, and became a finalist officially. So that was the first big thing that happened with Pierce Clarkson over the weekend. Um, drew rave reviews from this camp. 
But then, as a secondary note, and this made probably a bigger splash than the actual football news, he, according to this, uh, this story on 24-7 Sports, he had this to say. He, he said he's going to take his official visit to Louisville on June 17th. We knew that ahead of time. He said it's going to be a huge recruiting weekend for the Cardinals. He rattled off several names who will be there. But the biggest news, he said, was basketball-related. Quote, we have a huge commitment coming. I'm not naming names, but Louisville is making big moves in both, both sports. Trust me on this. Oh, he's even doing the basketball recruit out in Cali now for us? Is this, he's, just, he's running the show. He's, he's oh. running the whole program right now. The question now becomes, is he talking about – like one of the guys that we know, is he talking about? I mean, this is this. Is, you, this don't ask me. That's this is the thing I ask you. I, I mean, is it is it Tyrese Hunter? Is it DJ Wagner? Is it a or is it somebody from the 2023 class that's like on the West Coast? When, when did you say that? When did you say it was in June, right? He said. I, I think this was sort of not related to the the spiel about him visiting in June. He just said. All he said was, we have a huge commitment coming. I'm not naming names, but Louisville's making big moves in both sports. Oh, commitment. So, I mean, he, this is, that doesn't sound like a, like a visit. This is, I mean, that sounds like he knows somebody's locking in. And he, I mean, to his credit, whenever he's done the whole vague tweeting thing, whenever he's like, more big news coming, like eyeball emoji, eyeball emoji, it has always followed with a kid from California committing to Louisville, somebody who he's known. So, What do we have on the basketball front from, from the left coast? Well... Love this one for the UK fans. The Dillingham kid that UK thinks they're going to get if they don't get DJ Wagner is oh, from so is from California. They think they're going to get him. Isn't that adorable? I've zero. I've not heard that Louisville's even been in contact in with this kid. In case you're wondering, Kenny Payne did only win those games. He won those recruits. I mean, it would be fantastic. The the second highest rated kid from Cali is already committed to Arizona. It's Kyle, uh, Kylan Boswell, for who's now. number 18 in the class. <laughs> and then the the third highest rated kid, the Jared McCain kid, who's very popular on TikTok, is committed to Duke. Oh, oh really? Yes. I, in case you're wondering, I think they lost one of their assistants recently to us. I don't know who his primary uh, recruiter was. Oh, I know He who did was. commit in uh, March uh, 18th was the, his, his commitment date, so that would have tracked with Nolan Smith being on staff there. Uh-huh. Jerry McCain. Like, where in Cal is he from? Is he near, near, like, uh, near where Pierce Corona. is from? He's, he's TikTok famous. Corona would make me think South California. I, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know that area particularly well. There are other players in that class that I would want above him. He, I'll say this: he fits in a Duke. He's a Dukey. He's a classic Dukey. He's he's a little too pretty for Kenny Payne, I think. Was he six ten white dude? No, he's six. He's a guard, but he does like he does like dances and funny stuff, and like he's just I don't know. He's you 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 have to watch the kid to know what I'm talking about. I mean, he's yeah. very famous, but I think his fame is bigger than his game. He better be good, because otherwise I'm not gonna put up with us. Uh, Bronny James, how about that? Oh, he's a Cali From kid. California, top 40 kid. Uh-oh, LeBronny coming here. Just saying. I don't Here's know if I can handle LeBron. I mean, it'd be great for the team, but I'm not a LeBron fan. So you feel about Bronny James the way that I feel about Jared McCain? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll take him just for the notoriety anyway, but, I mean, I would say I mean, the, 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 who he could bring with him might be worth it anyway. Yeah. Or just having dad here. Yeah. Um, the text line is also, they have weighed in. They're also equally interested in who Pierce Clarkson's talking about. Nobody really seems to know. I mean, it, I mean it may, we're all trying to make the Cali connection. It could just be somebody that we're already in on. It could just be. No, those, those kids you named, they're not in the they're 23 class. All right? 23 which, which kids. Which is his class, yeah. There's nobody, I think, that's available in 2022. I can't imagine he would be hanging, talking about somebody for next year, though. Probably with him being his but a junior in high school. Well, he's 2023, too. So those players would okay. be in his class. Yeah, yeah. I figured it would be someone his age in his class. 
there's no like, unsigned players from California. I, I don't think that there's a kid from Arizona who's unsigned in 2022. There's really no like it, it is it is becoming. I think they're only in ESPN's top 100 rankings. There are only three players in that entire class that have not committed or signed somewhere. So I can't imagine that he's talking about that. But hey, when Pierce Clarkson talks, people listen, I mean, and for good reason. We got a message right now. Mike Rutherford show now. See. Pierce Clarkson hints at LeBron James' son signing with Louisville and his dad coming along and being at the games. Bronny James and Robert Dillingham. Louisville locked in. Locked deal. Locked Duo. in, coming to the Ville. The Bron- do, do you ever, Brought to you by the blind squirrel. Do you remember the, I, I say famous because I feel like it gets brought up every two to three years, the little snippet in the Courier Journal where Rick Pitino claimed that LeBron James was going to go to Louisville yeah. if he was going to go to college. Oh, which I think forget seven, it. 17, I still use it. <laughs> 17 different colleges have used this exact thing. I think us in Ohio State. Ohio State was another one because I have friends. Yeah, obviously. Well, Akron, too, yeah. said he was going to go there. Duke said he was going to go there. Yeah. The thing that makes me kind of roll my eyes is that Pitino, is the story that he tells is he was at a – he's like, I'm at a, a camp like watching some kid play, and I'm talking about – I'm like, he's going to be the next big thing. And I end up, I'm sitting next to what turns out to be his father. And we have a long talk. And we, that, that forges the connection. And then LeBron tells me if I was going to go to college, it'll be Louisville. But it would, and everybody is like, LeBron's never had a relationship with his dad. He never went to any of his AAU games. So either Patino was mistaken on who he was sitting next to, or, which could very easily be the case, he just kind of made this thing up. Could have been some random dude that lied. Could have, or it could have just been Rick being like, yeah, who's going to fact check this story? What do I have to lose in 2002 by saying that LeBron James would have gone to Louisville when, when, if he was going to college? When did he think he was discovering LeBron James reporting what else did? Was he at his, like, his, like his eighth grade basketball uh, game? I mean, I think everybody knew LeBron James was by the time he was like 12. If they didn't, they definitely like LeBron knew. LeBron James and Greg Oden were known by the time they were in middle school. If, they, if you didn't know, you definitely did by the time he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated his junior year of high school. Yeah, I mean, that was, before then you knew that. I mean, I didn't. Like, oh, I didn't. Back in the day, like, I, I went on the internet in, like, 1999. I mean, like, he's my age. Two names I knew when they, before they almost got to high school were Greg Oden and LeBron James. Like, those are names. How I did was, you know? Like, nobody was talking about LeBron in those terms oh, back in yeah. that day. I mean, he was a beast. Nobody, nobody, I mean, nobody knew about him outside of Ohio. No, you, you hear about him, and you read him in the magazines, though. What was it? The, they didn't cover eighth graders in magazines back in that day. They put him in the, in the recruiting magazines. Did they put the, the watch to watch guys? I don't buy it. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't believe you at all. Like everybody else. You know I'm a recruiting expert. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, especially you. Like everybody else, when I saw the, the headline on Sports Illustrated that said, I think it was Danny Ainge gave the quote, where he said, there's no player in the NBA that I would not trade to draft LeBron tomorrow. I think that was the one that everybody, like, I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then remember they started, they put his games on high, on ESPN his senior year because there was such interest in him. Oh, I remember, yeah, they put him on there. That was the first time it ever happened. Like, it was, it was his junior year, too. When they it was his senior on. year because no, I, I was a senior in high school. Okay. Like, we, were, we were the same age. And I just remember, like, my buddy uh, who played basketball, like, they watched the game together as a team because it was such a big deal when he played Oak Hill. And it was just an absolute. And then remember he gets suspended because he got the car that wasn't his allegedly. And then he gets reinstated for the playoffs. It was just a, a wild, wild deal. Uh, and, but it was like, you know, it, the start of a new age. Now there's high school basketball games on every five seconds, it feels like. Um, but, hey, maybe his kid's coming here. I don't know how good he is. I've I don't know never if he's, watched Bronny play or not. I don't know if he's legit top 40, but it'd be cool Didn't to have him. he play with Paul's kid as well? I don't know. I think they were buddies, if I'm not mistaken. It'd be cool to have him in a Louisville uniform. For yeah, man, Chris Paul's kid reasons. here is LeBron and Chris Paul hanging out at Louisville games. <laughs> yes. That'd be perfect for us because you hate Chris Paul, I hate LeBron. 
There you go. We'll have to go pretend like we like somebody. <laughs> Texture says, is Detroit the only team, the NFL team that's never drafted a card? Yes. Yeah. Famously. Fam- yeah. Texture says. The Texans have only been around for 19 years, and they've drafted one. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple, actually. Texture says, is it Tyrese Hunter? Is it DJ Wagner? Is it someone cool I've never even heard of? Will Ferrell's taking his <laughs> marriage counselor in old school. Oh, you didn't have to add that to you, Texas. We knew, we knew we got that reference. We Don't got worry. it. We yeah. got it. Uh, Texas, not a lot of people know that being able to shoot the ball is the most important skill contributing to making shots. I don't know if you've heard this, <laughs> Trevor. It's me saying you got to make shots. Yeah, okay. Yeah. you got to make shots. I hear, that. I, hear, I hear getting it actually in the ball in between in the rim is actually the best part. It's a big deal. Yeah, I heard it does matter. Making shots is, is important. Hey, my Seattle Kraken gets some TV time up here for a team that didn't make the playoffs. What are they doing? I don't know. They're just showing highlights for some reason. Lance, get the Preds starting tomorrow. Let's do this. It's NHL season. I was wearing the Preds shirt or the Lance shirt the entire day. Took it off for the uh, the remote, but I'm I'm fired. What is that? In. What, you, what what what? Uh, I got the Sublime shirt underneath my head, Big X. What do you got underneath there? Uh, it's a U of L shirt. It's a U of L shirt. Yeah, okay. book card shirt. Uh, Texas LeBron played Oak Hill Academy. Um, his junior when Mello was a senior. Yeah, the game that was on TV though was the December one when they played Oak Hill. I think senior. I thought he got on TV his junior year too though at some point. He might. I mean, yeah, I, maybe I if mean. I just forgot it. But the the big one, the one where oh, it was I like remember, this is, yeah. it was uh, I December the, of my senior. Not year. even just Oak Hill. I remember they showing the one game against one of the local teams there, and it was just wasn't even. It was just comical. Just seeing LeBron with his teammates was comical. I mean, he was just dwarfing them. It was because there was he had the one dunk. He missed like his first six shots or something in that game, but he had the one fast break dunk where you're like, okay, well that looks like he's playing on a kitty goal. It's not fair. I still just remember watching his first game in the NBA against the Kings. Texas says, St. Agnes, dad of an eight-year-old here, but not the eight-year-old. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Of course you're not going to claim that. He says, one, sadly, punching random kids is par for the course, that age group at St. Agnes. Ah, see? Okay. Not exactly a ring endorsement. And so you get when you you put a kid in in matching slacks and pants and around no girls all the time. Easy. (laughs) Well, there are girls in grade school. (laughs) Okay. Do you you still not know how Catholic schools work around here? No. God. (laughs) Yes, the, the grade schools have boys and girls. Texas said, hey, two, kid was definitely familiar with an F-bomb, so don't sweat it. And yes. three, you definitely could have gone farther without repercussion. So there it is. <laughs> I don't know if you could have gone too much farther. Another endorsement for beating up an eight-year-old. If you looked over at some kid his age and go, hey, hey, you, kid, you want to make five bucks? Well, that would have been, first of all, if someone heard that, you might have been in more trouble than even just having a, putting a hit out on an eight-year-old. It crossed my mind. <laughs> so multiple people have sent me this, too. And, and I, I did see it this morning about the, I don't know if, if you've seen the, the Reddit thread about the Reds fan who had never, a, never been on Reddit in my life. So a Reds fan posted, and I'm assuming he wasn't actually going to do this because if you really wanted to do something like this, you wouldn't make no, it public like. ahead of time. But a, a Reds fan posted on the, the Reddit group for Reds fans that during the Friday, May 6th game against the Pirates, he was going to be scaling the wall to uh, defecate in the bed of the Toyota Tundra that they have up there. <laughs> And he says, if anyone could take photos of me, I'd appreciate it. And if anyone else is down to bleep in the bed of the truck, meet me under the smokestacks in the top of the fourth inning. So now, is it possible? I've never been there that area of the, the field. You know the, the tundra that he's talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what he's talking about. Which every single game they do the, like, if, if somebody hits this truck with a, with a home run, you're going to win this for your Toyota Tundra, even though it's like 675 feet away. It would have to be like a... A Barry Bonds juiced up times five home run for that to even happen. Nobody's come close in the yeah, I can 15 imagine. years yeah. they've been doing this. But somebody wanted to climb that pole, go up in that tundra, 
and I say do their business. Power to if you can get up, that can't be an easy climb, right? I mean, when I first saw this this morning, I mean, why it was the most excited him? I've been about a Reds game since opening the, the first series against the Braves. I mean, could you imagine the look on the 17 people at the game when they look up and, and, and see, you know, I mean, this guy just. Taking a deuce in the back of that time, I mean, that'd be great. Nobody's going to be watching the game anyway. No, I mean, may as well be some entertainment. It'll be the best thing. I mean, it'd be the equivalent of the Arizona game where they had the lizard jumping on the camera over the weekend. I mean, it's the best. It'll be the best thing to happen to the Reds all year. So people have texted in asking, asking if that's me, and no is the answer. I, I would never. I can't. I'm not a good climber. No. If I, I had the ability, though, would I like to join in? Maybe. I'd like to let Castellini's know how I feel, which if, is. If they put, like, an elevator, like an escalator or something, or, you know, like, get a crane and get me up there, like they got the, the, the mom out of the house and what's eating Gilbert Grape. You know, they get me up there, I'd be like, I'd do it. I mean, I'd, we already know I'm not shy of the public. No. <laughs> I'd be nervous in the tundra with you up there. It'd be. <laughs> oh, come on. It's a, seriously? It's a giant 2,000-ton truck. You think. It's like putting me on the back of a horse. You really think it's going to matter? It's very high. It's like the feather landing and the whole thing just goes down. I don't know if the parking brake's on. I don't, I don't know how this thing works. <laughs> the parking brake is going to fall off. The optics are, I mean, look, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I wish this hadn't been made public because I would have liked for this to actually happen. It would have been the best publicity the Reds will have gotten. I mean, no one would have stopped long. him, right? I mean, you, you, and you're right. That's something you don't have to listen. He's asking because he might take a picture. Dude, it is. It'll be on it's camera. 2022. Yeah, everything is on camera. You don't have to, to. You didn't hear like the women or the people at the Minnesota game putting on social media. Hey, make sure to get pictures of us. Exactly. Run out on the court and try to protest whatever they were protesting. You know that. That's, yeah, you don't have. That's clearly why it's a fake. But still, I mean, props to you. If anything, dude, the, just the idea of that was what you were going with. I give them props. Uh, that's this. clever. Texas says Mike asking Trevor if he knows how Catholic schools work is like asking him if he knows how to survive without Arby's. <laughs> Quick update from Friday's show. You did – you took the Texas advice because they all said it counts if you get Arby's yes, after yes. the show. You did – you sent me the, the proof. You I sent did. me the bag. Yep. You, you got Arby's for – did go to a different location, but yeah. Well, that's – I think that still counts. Well, it, it shouldn't because I was very angry. The Melio they gave me was like clear and like – did you get millions? Like, yeah, and I took like two drinks of it. It was pure like soda water. There was no syrup in it at all. I was so angry. This is what happens when you stray from the, the, mean, a consistent routine. Yeah. So that makes 14 consecutive days of Arby's, 14 consecutive work days of Arby's. Where do we stand today? Because I noticed there's no bag around you today. No, there's no bag around me. Well, um, most are really throwing a wrench into this whole plan. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I haven't looked at a menu yet here, but there's a very good chance I'm probably going to take some food with me when we leave here. Uh, you know, being the fact that they don't do DoorDash here. Oh, my so, God. So, I mean, the streak might be coming to an end today. Folks. I mean, it's. Folks. Listen, I mean, they say, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut. Well, this nut found a blind squirrel, and now the Arby Street is in oh trouble. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, the calendar flipped to May, and everything changed. You, yeah. you rocked Arby's for pretty much the entirety of April. 14 days, yeah. I'm, I should get, like, a little chip like they do at AA. Like, I've been 14 days of Arby's. Don't you get a little card? Okay. <laughs> a sponsor to call Okay. In. I might be thinking about not getting Arby's today. What are you doing? I'm going to be perfectly get honest. on that boat. <laughs> I want to be upset about this because you chasing DiMaggio's streak was, was great content for the show. I mean, if we're, As we're, somebody who values you and your health, 
I'm glad that we have an excuse to end the Arby's I mean, streak. Now, keep in mind, I mean, I can still get food from here and stop at Arby's, kind of like, you know, no, during no, the Cal Ripken no. streak when he'd go in and play like two innings just to get an official game and then sit out. No. I could do that. I don't want you to do that. I, I don't. Mean, I, no. it, won't, it won't hurt. I mean, listen, I'm sure whatever I get here is going to be awesome, and it'll be, I might get extra to have later on tonight. So, I mean, adding a little double extra roast, double roast beef on the way home. This needs to stop. The, the Arby's thing needs to stop. 14's enough? 14. <laughs> More than enough. And the fact that you were going on your own accord on the weekends also made me very nervous. Technically, I did go on a Saturday, yeah. I, I don't like that. I, I think that the... I'm a more shocking I left the house. We had a fun run. It was a nice start to the quote-unquote dead period for the Mike Rutherford Show radio season. I enjoyed the Arby's for helping us out and dropping the NIL bag. But for your health, I think you need a break from all Well, now here's the question. Who takes the next place of Arby's and who... Can, can, they, can they break the 14th streak? Why does it have to be anybody? Well, is my question. We never did count our Chick-fil-A streak because I was doing them for a while too before Arby's, if you remember. You also had Salsaritas. <laughs> you had a, 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 a dinner streak going with Salsaritas yeah. while the Arby's lunch streak was that going. Was three, ooh, that was three nights, yeah. That did a three-night streak on that one. I think it was four. Um, McDonald's had a pretty good streak at one point. So uh, I don't know who will get the streak next. I mean, the, the, op, the options are limited because I, I do – I do hunt my own little ground where I'm at. So. I don't think the text line cares about your health because everybody on the text line now <laughs> is just, Arby's. they just want to DoorDash Arby's the blind squirrel, <laughs> which I assume would be frowned upon here. I think this, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think somehow it's a health code violation. I think you're allowed to bring outdoor food to a restaurant. Texture says, uh, fish sandwich, barbecue chicken pizza, Trevor. Those are my go-tos, the blind squirrel. There's a little quick recommendation for you. Barbecue pizza sounds good. Fish sandwich, yeah, you know, I, I, I do like a good fish sandwich. I don't know what, I haven't looked, I had a chance to look at the menu yet, but don't worry. There, there's a good chance I'll be taking not one but two entrees home because one will be for when I get home and the other will be for about 11, 30, 12 o'clock tonight. It's just not a healthy lifestyle, Trev. Well, it's better than going to Taco Bell again, which you should know all about. You're, I did go to Taco Bell on Friday. I know, I yeah. we had you texted no, me like 10 o'clock. You're like, you're rubbing off on me. We like, had no food in the house. <laughs> it was either like scramble to make like a turkey wrap for dinner or like, I was like, I'm going to Taco Bell. Mary got Taco Bell too. And it was 10 o'clock and I texted you. I'm like, I'm in line. The line's shockingly long yeah, for really. 10 o'clock on a, a Friday night. And I was like, I, you, I, I am turning into you. Uh, Texas, how many times a week does Trevor ask himself, Quote, did I go to Arby's twice yesterday? <laughs> I do sometimes get a little shame when, I, when, I, when I've been in multiple days in a row and I can tell, like, the drive that people know me. Like, there, there, there is, like, that awkwardness of shame. Kind of like the next, like, the walk of shame the next morning, you know, for someone. Like, I get that yeah. a little bit. I'll get the But then once you get past that awkwardness, then the next, the next week or so straight, it's, it's pretty smooth. Texas says Trevor's arteries need a break from Arby. Agrees. Agrees. You know how many fast food workers are out there that, that do see me for the many days in a row, and then they stop seeing me, they wonder if it's had a heart attack or something? Like, what about the fat dude that come here every day? You're joking. I guarantee that's there, happened oh, at some I, point. I know there's got to be people that have talked about me. Because they're like that. Well, but not like that just because of, of like, you know, your health, but just like if you go to that place that many times in a row yeah. and then just abruptly stop and never go back, the common thought is going to have to be like, oh, he's dead. The, 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 the or something horrible The happens. McDonald's I would stop at and I had my streak at, the, the nice woman in, in the window that would take my money every day. She was, you know, hey, how's it going today? You know, and then when I didn't come for like a day or two, I said, like, I missed you last yesterday. Oh, yeah, sorry, you know. These are not things to, to brag it up about. A bit. Texas, well, I'm just very friendly. Everybody loves me around. They town. do. They do. Texas is Trevor an Arby's influencer, and he's just not telling us. That actually, <laughs> that's pay. kind of my dream scenario yeah. here. Where like on the side, you've been like, you know, how does Trevor pay for stuff? Well, he's he's been promoting Arby's this entire time. I just don't know why we we, we haven't got more sponsorship from these people. Do get up on it, man. It's about time. Yeah, come on. Uh, Texas says Trevor 
I was told, I haven't listened to the show for long, is it true that you cannot be hypnotized? That's true. It's not true. It is 100% true. I cannot be hypnotized. I'm too strong of mind. Uh, Not to mention it's fake. Oh, my God. You're going to get hypnotized on air this summer. No. I mean, no, I'm not. It's going to be the best show we've ever done. You're going to eat a salad while hypnotized. No. It's going to change your entire life. What if you wake up from being hypnotized and all you want to eat, you replace Arby's with salads, and it's just salad, 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 day after day. This hypnotist could save your life. Sounds like he's ruining it to me. Oh, my God. That sounds awful. Texture says how many... That sounds like being in torture, man. It's like waterboarding right below waterboarding and bamboo nails up the fingertips. Texture says how many hours a night does Trevor spend responding to the text line? I think it just depends on how bored you are. Uh, And it's usually right afterwards, and I I never do it after like 8 o'clock. It's usually... Because people are normal opposed to me. So, like, I try, like, I'll, I'll look at it a little bit after a show. Uh, I'll be here for an extra hour following us. So my mini, our man Jay Clark is going to be doing it from 6 to 7. Ducky Wintersurgeon is going to have tons of guests on here talking about the Derby. So he'll be talking about things I have no clue what he's talking about for an hour. So I may respond a little bit to the text line for, for bleeps and giggles. I feel like it's usually when you're in your car after the show it having is. your, your wind-down cigarette and just kind of decompressing from the three hours of intensity that is the Mike Rutherford show. And that's when I feel like I see you responding to everybody in the text line. Yeah, I think the text you're looking now got a response from me. You do. I think that's why. I think that's why he was concerned. Yeah, he was saying because we, we yeah, it was about the uh, Trevor Bauer thing. Texas, <laughs> <laughs> says, please do the hypnosis episode on location. We probably do. We, we probably should save that for a remote. We, I had a hip, I put up the you know APB for hypnotist. Somebody would help us out, and hypnotist did reach out to me. I never responded. I, I need to make sure that I go back and, and see if this person is on board because it's something that I re- it's top of my priority list for the summer. You're going to get hypnotized. You're going to get over this whole, I'm too mentally strong to be hypnotized. I mean, it's thing. not going to happen, man. You're just, I mean, it's going to be, is this, this is going to be the, the Al Capone safe all over again. You're going to be, you know, Geraldo. You're going to be opening up the, the safe, and it's just going to be nothing there. That's the, the hypnotist. I hate to disappoint you. I also don't trust you to, like, follow the hypnotist directions. When he says, like, you know, count to ten, I can see you being, like, five, six, Nine, fifteen. No, I'll count. Just to I'll try count, to be I'll a count, No, no, I'll, I'll count to ten. You have to at least try. Yeah. Okay. Now, he, now, I'll be honest with you. I may fall asleep, but I doubt I'll be. I don't know. I won't be hypnotized. Because so I can fall asleep anywhere. There's one thing I learned at Wagner is to be able to fall asleep in any position. Texas says it wasn't the fact that it was Arby's 14 days in a row. It's the fact that it was a double roast beef and a mellow yellow 14 days in a row. Dangle a double roast beef in TK's face, and hypnotism shouldn't be a problem. You know the one. Karma thing about that, and how I know it won't come back health wise, is every time I'd go there, it was 814 for the total. And they'd always ask me to round up uh, for, like, I don't know, to help Johnny learn to read or feed Johnny or something. I don't know. One of those people, one of those things. And I did it every time. So I, every time I went, I was nine always bucks. paying 914. I actually just gave a dollar. Uh, and they'd give me, I've got tons of these coupons. I never use them. If you want them, you can have them for like a free slider. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, so I, for every, so of those 14 times, I did it every time I donated up. They didn't give me a coupon for a slider every time, but I never worried about that. So, let's just say, I mean, I fed, you know, I fed like a whole village as well on top of it. The best You're part. You're welcome. The, the best Watch. part about this entire saga is that it began with you defending it in large part by touting Arby's as the most, I think, versatile fast food place it is. in the game. It's Which I pushed back, and then I looked at the menu, and I got some text from other people, and I, I gave in. Arby's has a much more oh, yeah. versatile menu than I was originally giving you credit for. But you got the exact same thing every <laughs> single day, all 14 days, yeah. thus making your point a complete non sequitur. To, to, to defend me a little bit, 
and not use the to be fair slogan, which I used too many times to begin with. To defend myself, I'm very picky. I'm the pickiest fat man you'll ever meet when it comes to You are to very picky. Very picky. And when it comes to some things, one of the reasons I stick to a routine with it is because I know I can order uh, a roast beef, single, double, whatever, and I know I'm getting what I want, which is just beef and bread. Like if I order another, like a, sand, like a chicken sandwich or a fish sandwich or even a beef and cheddar, I tell them, you know, no red sauce, you know, meat and cheese only, please. But sometimes, they, you know what? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you work in a fast food place, there's a reason, you know. Sometimes they don't get it all right despite even if they take the order correctly. So I, I, that, that's one reason why I've stuck most of the time. Because that's the thing I do want to get is the wrong order, get to the studio, walk in, be ready to grub during the break and find out my sandwich is wrong and I got to throw it away. And then I get nothing, and I'll be pissed off. we got to hop to break real quick, but uh, Texture says, Louisville men's lacrosse defeated Kentucky 11-8 to to claim the Midwest Conference crown and advance to the Elite Eight. Huge game from sophomore Ryan Dowling and also big games from freshman Cole Sarconi and Hunter Satterfield. The Cards will play in Annapolis, Maryland this upcoming weekend for a chance at a national championship. Props to the Louisville men's lacrosse team. Just yeah. another sport that we beat Kentucky in. Just another one. Hey, by the way, Put on the list. I want to give you a heads up before we go. You see the sports talk over here, right? I do. We talked to him. Right there next to him. You know who that is? That is Scoots McGee right there, my friend. Scoots, my guy. That is Scooter Dingus. Scoots in the house. Scooter Dingus. I just got an idea. Scooter Dingus is about the size of an eight-year-old. We send him out to the playground to beat up, take out that kid. Up my, no, no, I don't know. Like, stand up for me, Scoots. He, he could fit into a St. Agnes Stand shirt. up, seriously. Keep standing. Stand up. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, DJ thinks I'm too mean to him. Oh, God. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back. I love you, Scoots. More of your text on the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450 and potentially a little bit of derby talk. Uh, we are live at the Blind Squirrel. We'll be here until 6 o'clock. Stop by and see us out here in Middletown. Get some food. Shake Trevor's hands, do a dance, we'll have a great time. Mike Rutherford Show continues after this here on Welcome back in. Hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show wrapping up here. We are live at the Blind Squirrel out in Middletown. Fantastic food, I fantastic TVs. Trevor has a new mic. How do you sound right now? I don't know. I mean, I think I sound okay. You, you were. If, if, you're, if you're listening out in radio world or streaming world or, you know, wherever world you're in, let us know if I'm, do I sound like I'm still slot down in the basement or not. Because if so, slot low chunk. We let him out of the bathroom. He's now on stage here with me. <laughs> it had been me just sitting here and then Trevor doing his own remote from stall number three in the Blind Squirrel bathroom. We let him out. He's now talking into a, a microphone that works, and he looks glorious. He's got the head on. He almost didn't hear that we came back. I got my own handheld mic, too. I feel, I feel so important. You missed the, like I'm interviewing the Boogeyman song, which will forever remind me of Superbad when McLovin starts dancing at the party. Do you, have you put together today's theme yet? And it's a theme for all week, by the way. Well, I know that it was... Blinded by the Light was on, so I was thinking Blind Squirrel, but that hasn't really tracked with the other songs. No, it has not. So I'm gonna tell. You, I'll give you a hint. Okay. Uh, all songs this week will be connected to a year. Okay. And it's a two-parter. I like that. Uh, you need to tell me the year and the Derby winner of said year. Ooh, I like what we're doing now. That's oh, good. Oh yeah, I, I made sure to put. Yeah, I know them all. 
Come on out here. We got TJ Walker here. We got Scooter Dingus. All the stars are out in full force here at the Blind Squirrel. Here comes Dugan, baby. Give us some more. Uh, Kenny Rogers, Dugan. Yeah, people are people are very interested in that video because I posted it, it on Twitter. I put it on Instagram. Oh, you put a video out of it? Of you when I walked in singing oh, I didn't the know Gambler. You were videotaping. I didn't know I was going to be walking into you and Dugan doing a stirring rendition of the Gambler. Uh, it was oh, not what I expected. Man. I didn't even know the doors were going to be open. They were, and then both of you. A lot of people have thoughts on your rhythm because your oh, clap, I have none. Your claps are oh, none. Incredibly off the beat. I have one move. It's the Davy Jones white man right, right to left sway. That's all I've got. You know? It seems odd that you would know that about yourself and still try to keep rhythm oh, with none. claps whatsoever. But no. then again, you are an enigma. I like to pretend like you came in in the third verse and the rhythm had already disappeared by that point. But uh, who am I lying to? Uh, the text you line might has, have lost me as I got a menu. He's brought me a menu up here now. Yeah, you you're you're going to be out now. Yeah. Text line has blown up now because of the the, the mic. People are very excited about the... Oh, this, do I sound more clear now? It sounds way better, according to everybody. People are very excited that you have now been, again, let out of the bathroom and no longer sound like you're broadcasting from some sort of hole. I'm amazed that they're like, he still sounds the same. Uh, <laughs> That's his voice, people. Text line says, uh, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton Sex line. It's where we hear from you. We love interacting with you. It's your damn show as well. Texas, I sure hope Arby's is paying for some advertising there at the Big X because they are getting a lot of airtime. Nope. They need to be. Now, they, 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 one of the locations uh, was nice enough to give me the employee 20% discount despite never working there. So that was a benefit. And she threw in like, some free like croissants one time. But uh, other than that, no, I've got nothing from them. And you, 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 know, you think I would at this point with my loyalty. Let's talk uh, because a, a texter brings this up, and we should dive into it. Louisville baseball over the weekend. We mentioned awesome. big-time series for them taking on Clemson in the Atlantic Division race. Clemson has not had a fantastic season up to this point, but they had won nine of their last 12, uh, one of the hottest teams in not just the ACC but in all of baseball. And it's gone. Sweep. Cards take care of business, win three over the Tigers. It does huge things for their national ranking, but more importantly, when it comes to NCAA tournament seeding, their RPI, they jumped, I think, 23 spots. Um, their RPI had not been great going in. I think they're 17 in the RPI. And if you want to talk about the national polls, which, again, it's college baseball, there are 37 top 25 rankings for some unknown reason. Uh, baseball America has the cards as a top 10 team at number 10. They're as high as number 5 in some polls this week. I think D1Baseball.com has them at number 7. They're virtually a top 15 team across the board now after a big week. And I think more importantly than just the rankings and, and taking three from Clemson and regaining the lead in the Atlantic Division, the Cards seem to have found their number one starter. Jared Poland, who was not, you know, he'd been a, a lifelong bullpen guy and had, had just made his first Friday night start two weeks ago. Electric performance. Um, matches, I, I think, the, the most strikeouts for a starter over the last 15 years limits Clemson to virtually nothing on offense. And the only difference between his start this week and his start last Friday against NC State was there was no Tommy Tanks. Uh, Tommy White hit two balls a, a million miles against him. Those were the only four runs that he gave yeah, up. Tommy will kill an ERA of another pitcher sometimes. I mean, the, the kids, I mean, he has that nickname for a reason, not just a yeah. clever name. He, he is an absolute tank out there. He, I think that was the only reason why Poland's numbers in that game didn't look stellar. He was just as good Friday night against Clemson there still are some concerns. I mean, they, they gave up 15 runs yesterday in the, the finale. They won 18 to 15. And like we've been talking about for the last several weeks with this team, the offense is absolutely good enough to win uh, a national title. The pitching is where you've got to see significant improvement. And Poland doing what he's been able to do the last two weeks. I mean, Friday night, eight innings pitched, three runs, struck out, uh, three hits, I should say, struck out 13, walked one, 
zero earned runs. The only earned runs that Louisville gave up came in the ninth inning after he was already out of the game. Jacob Ferris gave up a pair. But if you're, you still have to find, I think, more arms. You still have to have more guys step up if you're going to make any sort of run in the NCAA tournament. But this is the, this is the first box that you needed to check. And Roger Williams has found his Friday night guy in Jared Poland. And if he keeps this up, I think it just changes dramatically what we think Louisville is capable of once we get into the NCAA tournament. And it also changes dramatically Louisville's chances of hosting a regional, which seem to be sort of falling by the wayside in recent weeks. So the RPI is great. It has a chance to improve dramatically because of the teams that they're playing down the stretch. Virginia Tech and Virginia are two of the best teams in the conference, two of the best teams in the entire country. Uh, They're both ranked in the top ten right now in every single poll. That's the good news. The bad news is RPI predicts that you're going to lose, I think, three of your, uh, ten of your last 13 games based on the quality of competition. They've got Vandy tomorrow in the Battle of the Barrel. So it's, it's a tough schedule. There's a lot of room to, I think, get yourself back in position to host a regional and be a national seed potentially. But there's also a little bit of, of worry that if you slide significantly, you could be a three seed in somebody's regional or, God forbid, miss out on the tournament entirely. So, but last weekend, big, big deal for this team. First of all, 4.49 p.m., the first time we got the phrase, check this box. I know. I, right that, when I said that, it, I that was that like, there it is. That might be a record in check terms the of bingo card. we've gone. Yeah, that's without saying that. It's a miracle. That, that's just what happens. Uh, that's what happens on days when streaks come to an end, right? But you, you mentioned, you know, before you, you know what you got to do, and you said it a little bit in a way, before you find arms, you got to find a arm. And yeah. hopefully Lil West found a arm. Now we'll find the arm. Uh, the Sunday score was the shootout that we've kind of seen a little bit more earlier in the season with this global team but you mentioned you know only giving up two runs on friday i think they would only give up three or four on saturday as well eight i thought it was the lowest number my bad Ten, eight. okay well you know what it's still better than 14 so i mean carson look <laughs> started and did not make it out of the second inning so, so again we yeah. found we found <laughs> an arm we're still looking for the arms is apparently is what you're saying take you to preach pretty well out of the bullpen it, it is what it is but you know the, the the bottom line is stone cold is that they got to sweep they got to win and that's something you got to do because you mentioned this, the tough schedule. You got Vanderbilt coming up uh, tomorrow. We'll have two. We, and then we'll have, of course, I'm assuming another one with them as well. No. You'll have, oh, we're just doing one with them? You play them once every year. I thought we played them twice. Yeah. We don't do the home and home with we them? Just, we do that with UK. Oh, I thought we didn't we used to do it with Indiana too? Maybe. I, I think when, uh, um, oh, God, the coach of Mississippi State now. When, the guy when, that when was, the from was us, there, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we played them a couple times. But with Vandy, because we have the, the trophy, the battle of the barrel, it's one game. Just one, it just rotates okay. the side. I, sound, I, sound, I stand corrected. It's okay. But either, either way, so that's a tough game. But you do still have a series against Miami coming up at some point, I assume. No. No. <laughs> we have I'm th- just going to shut up. We've already, we, we do not. We've already played Miami. Do we play anybody? Who do we play? Do we, do we, play, Virginia, do we play Virginia Tech, right? We've got Virginia Tech, okay. Virginia, and Wake Forest. We actually don't play Miami at all this season. Well, then, then I don't know what to worry about because this is – I would think, you know, with the tougher games, I was assuming my, my point was going to be was to get out the sweeps against your Clemsons and your, and your you know, Virginias and your Virginia Tech. Did Techs. you not listen to what I just said? Both Virginia and Virginia Tech are ranked in the top ten nationally. Not anymore. These, these are fantastic teams. These are the two best teams on that side of the They're not the ranked conference. higher in Miami, are they? Yes. Oh. Well, well, they, they weren't last week. I think they are now. Okay. Um, they're, yeah, but did you not hear the fact that I don't know squat what I'm talking about? It's okay. It's okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean th- those teams, like I said, opportunities for Louisville to improve their rankings dramatically because of how good the rest of their schedule is, but also a little bit worrisome. If you're looking at the latest uh, D1Baseball.com Top 25, Virginia Tech is number Every five day. in the country. Uh, Virginia has fallen to number 14. Uh, Miami's number six, if you're, if you're keeping track, and Louisville's number 10. So Vandy... Not until they play us. Vandy's having a little bit of a down year, but again, midweek games are a little bit just 
weird because you're not throwing your number one pitchers. We've beaten them a couple of times in this Tuesday night game where they've been better than we have, and, and they've returned the favor a couple of times. Our series is pretty much even with Vanderbilt, isn't it? I, I think it is. Over the years. I got, in a, I got in a slight argument with somebody on Twitter one day. I think we ended up coming like, like I did the record, and they were – we were actually like a, like a game over 500 or one under 500 against them. I think it's one of those where it's in recent years. Like they started off, they, they won like the first seven or something against us yeah, back when we, we were stuck at baseball. Oh, okay. I, I just went off the record based uh, that's written off the barrel. Yeah. When so, I, when well, I since did. they started playing the barrel game, I think it's us by like two. Yeah, I knew it was close, yeah. Not. But we also, I mean, the bigger thing with the Louisville Vandy rivalry and why it became a rivalry was they keep pairing us in the NCAA tournament because yeah. you know, the, the baseball tournament – Unlike the men's basketball tournament, they take ge- geography a lot more into concern because there's not as much money. Like the NCAA is not paying for teams to travel across the country like <laughs> yeah, they are yeah. with the NCAA men's basketball tournament. They're, they're on ESPN not getting the same contract at right. CBS. So when you've got now. Louisville and Nashville so close together, it's understandable why we would be paired in not just regional yeah. but super regional play. And you know they beat us when I think we were the number two seed in the tournament in regional play. We returned the favor. We swept them when they were the number two overall seed in super regional play back in 2013 so there's been i watched that one in vegas that was a fun series i was out in vegas that week it was a good time it's been a fantastic run the and unfortunately since these two programs because we kind of ascended into the college baseball uh, landscape together unfortunately they've done what we haven't been able to do which is win not just our national title but multiple national titles and hopefully we can uh, start getting to that point so shout out to dan mcdonald big weekend for them sweeping clemson let's go ahead and, and take care of vandy this weekend and then lock up the Atlantic Division with a big performance against Wake Forest. Texas said, I know the win was bad, but Clemson might have had the worst fielding day I've ever seen from a college team. I don't know if you saw any of those highlights. Like, they had a shortstop just drop a pop-up yesterday. Can't be worse than the, uh, what was the highlight I saw a couple of day, week last week with the uh, Tigers and Twins, I think. Where the guy oh, where they threw the ball, <laughs> the ball into the outfield. Yeah, I mean, it can't be worse than that. It was, well, it was a routine <laughs> pop-up that the shortstop just dropped yesterday that allowed two runs to score. They had a – I mean, the guy from NC State last week and dropped a routine fly ball too, and that, that, yeah. that inning where Louisville blew up for like nine, nine runs on him. They had a rough weekend defensively. You know who didn't have a rough weekend defensively? Levi Usher. Did you see the play that was SportsCenter's uh, top ten number one play I know yesterday? he didn't get caught stealing. He never does. He doesn't, he doesn't get caught stealing much. But He's he also, the complete opposite of Jane's addiction. On Saturday, he robbed a home run and not like a, oh, he barely got up there, like a full-on, like over the, I don't know. Griffey? Straight Griffey. I'll show you. I, don't, I can't believe you haven't seen this clip yet. No, I haven't. I'll show it to you in live time here while we're talking. But, uh, I mean, the this is also. Going this, back. This was an 8-6 game. Clemson had a runner on first. Oh, wow. Yeah, he took that. Yeah, this is the, the, the fifth inning. Would have tied the game, and he, he makes about three. He's about three inches short of being on top of the truck at, at uh, Great American Ballpark. In keeping with the trend of Louisville having insanely athletic uh, center fielders. Yeah. Levi Usher, the latest. Uh, he can run on the bases. He can make plays in center field, and he's hitting above 300 right now. He's had a fantastic season. So, hopefully, the Cards can keep this thing rolling. Take down Vanderbilt tomorrow. Unfortunately, uh, it's a game that's on the road. The next four are away from Jim Patterson. But if you're wanting to watch it on TV, seven o'clock first pitch tomorrow on the SEC Network. Cards and Commodores battle of the barrel. And then this weekend, Louisville will be playing uh, in Winston-Salem against Wake Forest in a big series for the Atlantic Division title. Standard Friday, Saturday, Sunday rotation, even with the Derby being this weekend. Um, we're going to take two out of three against them at least. I like where, you're, I like where your head is. Right? I'm telling you, it, it, write it down. I like where your thinking is. Uh, Texas Levi made almost the exact same play yesterday. Great weekend. He's a fantastic defensive center yeah, fielder. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. All right, we've got to go to break. When we come back, we've got one hour left. We're out here at the Blind Squirrel in Middletown. Stop by and see us. We'll be here until 6 o'clock, and then we're going to hand the reins over to E.J. Clark. We'll talk a little horse racing. We're going to have the Santos brothers in here. Lots of reports. And big you, stars you. happening. 
When we come back, hour number three of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. Welcome in, hour number three here of the Mike Rutherford Show. We are live at the Blind Squirrel in Middletown. Stop by and see us. It's Derby Week. You're not working anyway. You should start drinking now. It's a, it's a week-long bender. We're all going on. It's going to be a great time. Trevor's hammered right now. He can't even stand up. Uh, he's got, he does have a working mic, though, which is a far cry from where we were for hour number one. Talking to that bad boy. Sound clear. Mountain nachos. Mountain nachos. He's looking at the menu. He's doing his Trevor thing. Trevor Ooh, on remote. Cold pork, queso. Is exactly what you would expect. Oh. The man just desperate for cigarette breaks and food. It's who he is. It's what he does. Oh, pretzels and beer cheese. We're here for another hour. When we go off the air, we're going to hand over the mic to EJ Clark. They're going to have a fantastic horse racing. All sorts of uh, horse celebrities are going to be in town. And here's how I want to start hour number three. By the way, if you want to text into the show and communicate with us, Hit up the Thornton's text line. You know the number, 502-414-1450. Text in your questions, your comments, your hi, thoughts, TJ. your concerns, your topic ideas <laughs> as Trevor waves hi to the sports talker. Shout out to little Lucy. Shout out to Lucy. We love her. Uh, TJ, I'm sure, would punch eight-year-olds, too, if they were messing with Lucy. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how we started the show today, talking <laughs> about uh, my experience at the Cherokee Triangle Art Fair and my daughter getting punched by a much oh, larger TJ's boy. not afraid to knock out a child, no. He's, I he's... almost was not. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I contemplated it. TJ, I should have hired him. But yeah. uh, I, I should have mentioned, by the way, when we were talk having that discussion, props to all the people who, who stopped and said hi and said, you know, love the show, big fans of Trevor. This always happens now when I'm going out. It's, it used to just be like, love the website, love the show or whatever. Now it's like, love the show. What's Trevor really like? It's, it, it's the question that I get most consistently. People are fascinated by you. I'm fascinated by you still to this day. I, 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 don't, eat, I don't eat onions and I have no layers. I, I, I'm pretty much what you see is what you get. I, I always say the exact same thing, which is he's pretty much exactly yeah. like he is on the radio. Like there's, I, 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 I mean, I grew, I grew up in, in a day, an era of Nintendo and cable television. I have no imagination to pretend to be anything other than what I am. And if, I, if you said hi to me and I was a little bit flustered, it was because my daughter. I was contemplating whether or not I needed to beat up an eight-year-old because my <laughs> daughter had just gotten punched. So, um, uh, but I haven't heard that excuse. So, <laughs> I mean, I hear that twi twice a day from you. I'll text you and be like, why did you reply? I'm sorry, I was contemplating beating up a kid. It happens. I mean, um, it happens. But, but I mean, before we get into uh, can Trevor name the Derby horse, you I haven't had a chance to tell you about my full weekend. Oh yeah, had a big weekend the this weekend. Exact way that I was planning on starting the five o'clock hour. Well, that's how we do about it. Your exciting weekend. Uh, it was a full weekend. I got an all, uh, all day Saturday NFL draft. Finished off Ozark season four part two. I won't spoil it for anybody. You already finished it? Yeah, finished it on Saturday right after the draft was over. It came out Friday at like three a.m. I know. Okay. Uh, and plus, I, but I had to get it done because I had some, you know, I had some other movies to watch. Uh, after I did Ozark, <laughs> I went straight into a Laura Linney marathon on accident and watched Congo, which Congo do not recommend. So horrible the movie. Uh, but I followed that with Dirty Dancing. The movie that took America by storm in 1995. I cut school on my senior, uh, my sophomore year to go see that movie in theaters. <laughs> I actually regretted doing it. Like I should have stayed in biology class. 
the only time in my life I didn't. I actually regretted cutting school for something. Imagine skipping school to go see Congo. Congo. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, because it's a it's off a Creighton book, I think. I, I think you're right. Yeah, and I was like, it's got. I mean, Jurassic Park was awesome, right? Good lord. Wow, talk about like bait and switch on that one. Uh, but I also got Dirty Dancing in this weekend. Of course. Uh, Who doesn't have a classic Congo Dirty Dancing double feature? Followed that up with uh, a merry favorite of The Fugitive on HBO Max. Now. That's a certified grade A made merry movie. And then last night was a City Slicker marathon of City Slicker. By the way, City Slickers, comedy of 80s, definitely holds up. That movie is still hilarious to this day. I enjoy City Slickers. City Slickers 2, I watched it just to, to do it. I mean, you know what baffles me about City Slickers 2, amongst many other things? is usually when you have the sequel, they don't bring back the more popular people. They have to replace them. Like uh, Major League Two had to replace Wesley Snipes with Omar X. In City Slickers 2, of the trio from the original, the one they don't bring back is like the least famous dude. Like they bring back Daniel Stern and they bring back Billy Crystal, but the dude from the sporting goods store with the mustache who dated supermodels, you know, and my idol, uh, he, he's the one that's going to... It's just weird, right? Usually you would think it'd be any of the other two. It's a question everybody driving home at 506 has been asking their entire lives. I mean, it's been... The bugging. casting of City Slickers 2. Best highlight of my night, though, 2 a.m. last night, I'm playing some Madden, and I think, I'm going to turn on some XM radio. Turn on... I'm going to listen to him. I want to hear the slobber over the Eagles draft. What do I get right when I turn on XM radio at 2 a.m.? What? A interview with Mike Leach. Oh. Well, nothing, that's good. There is nothing better than being baked at 2 in the morning on a Sunday night listening to Mike Leach do an interview while you play Madden. Okay. Well. 20 minutes of just straight hilarity. There was a point where I don't know if they even knew what he was talking about. My favorite was when they asked him about Bryce Young, and he goes, the offensive lineman? <laughs> and they go, the quarterback. And he goes, oh, yeah, that kid's good. He reminds me, you know, he, him and the guy they had before him, the guy go, and Ryan Leaf was the one doing the interview, by the way. He goes, Ryan Leaf goes, you mean Mac Jones? He goes, yeah, those two, they look dead alike. I'm like, what is this guy, huh? Like, is there any way he is more messed up right now than I am? I don't know if it's possible. I laughed so hard for 20 minutes during this interview with Mike Leach. Granted, I was 2 in the morning on Sunday, so that probably helped. But I, it was great. It was hilarious. You okay. need to go look it up. Yeah, we're, we're, we're wrapping up the Trevor Weekend conversation. That now. was all it was. Because here's what we're going to do. Yeah, pretty much done now. You have, you've already established at the beginning of the show that you can't name a single derby horse. No. You are open and honest about your, Little your, e. your lack of interest in horse racing in general. You love the derby for... It elevating the city and, yeah. and the you know, yeah. proud Louisvillian reasons, yep. but you could really care less about horse racing. Not a clue. So here's what we need to do. It's Monday. People are going to be talking about this all week long. We're going to have to talk some derby. You're, I'm going to have to like drag you into these conversations. I've been so there. what we need to do right now is get you a horse. Okay. The post position draw was today. Literally or figuratively? Both. Okay. The post position draw was today. The morning line odds, I assume they're still set by Mike Battaglia. Uh, we're set today. So we're going to go through this and with the sole purpose of finding out which horse you're going to be backing for the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Okay? I go by names anyway. Okay, on the rail. Do you, now, do you, do you know that post position one, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? I believe that's a bad thing. That's a you, bad that thing. puts you on the outside rail, correct? Well, the inside rail. <laughs> the, the, the rail is... <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't it go one on the outside and then twenty on the inside? Like you don't you wouldn't don't you go left to okay. right? When you no, count? no, no, no. It goes inside to outside. So they're counting down from twenty. 
if you want to look at it that way, sure. the, the first position is right there on the rail. That's number one. Okay. okay. That's We're opposite. Closest to the rail. All right. uh, Mo Donegal is the number one horse. Who? Ten to one morning line odds. Number two. Keep this in mind. We're gonna. We're, I want you to. If a name tickles your fancy, I want you to keep that in the back of your brain, and we're gonna have Trevor's pick after the at the end of this. Okay. Number two is Happy Jack. Ooh, I like that name. Thirty to one odds. I don't. I don't care about odds. I like names. Number three. This is gonna be one of the favorites. Epicenter. Eh, Seven like to that. two. Eh, I don't care. Currently, your morning line favorite. Currently wrong. Number four. Summer is tomorrow. I'm 30 I'm, to 1. I'm, I'm okay with that one. So I like to, I'm still I'm in Happy Jack still. Now, number five, this is the one with, the, with extreme local connections. Smile Happy, 20 to 1. It's, it's, the, it's the horse I mentioned last week. They're owned by a local family, the Mackin family. Um, the daughter, Jessica, she's married to a, a good friend of mine, Nick. They're all big U of L fans. And so this was, I said I was going to put dropper. out the feeler. Well, I said I was going to put out the feeler to try and, you know, in this age of NIL get the family to name to rename the horse Tyrese Hunter oh, yeah, for the yeah. Derby. Yeah, that was our plan. And I put it out there. I texted Nick, and I said, I don't know if you heard the show. He hadn't. It's, it's okay. I don't hold it against He's him. He's a podcast listener. But I said, you need to make this happen. He said, I'm having, we're actually having dinner with her dad tomorrow. And he said, I'll put out, put out a feeler. Haven't gotten any word back, but if this horse is dramatically renamed Tyrese Hunter on Saturday, you can thank the Mike Rutherford show in 1450 Big X. And what's the horse's odds? Smile Happy is 20 to 1. Okay, 20 to 1, name the horse something else. I mean, anything above 10 to 1, you might as well just give the horse a name. I bet that horse gets bet down. I, I, I bet that horse goes off at less than 20 to 1. It won't be by me. I'm still, I'm betting on Happy Jack still. You haven't changed my okay. mind. Okay. Number six is Messier, one of the two former Bob Baffert horses. Bob Baffert can't. Messier like the hockey, hockey player. player? Spelled okay. exactly the same. Don't Eight to like one. Okay. Should be one of the pace setters, I think, on Saturday. I, I think it's a good horse. Messier was a choker. Next. Number seven, Crown Pride, 20 to 1. Nah. Next. Number eight, Charge It, 20 to 1. Nah, next. That's currently my pick right now. You like Charge It? I like Charge It a lot. You're a credit card guy, aren't you? No. Number nine, Tis the Bomb, 30 to 1. Ooh, I like the hipness there. Ooh, that's a close one. Tis the Bomb. Does he spell it T-I-Z? T-I-Z, he does. Oh, good, Tis the Law from a few years ago. Yeah, you got to. He's a 90s kid. Number 10 is Zandon. I don't know why this horse is 3 to 1, to be perfectly honest. Zandon? Which means it'll probably win. but uh, Like Zandavu? Zandon. Just spelled like Brandon, but with a Z. Z-A-N-D-O-N. Yeah, I don't like that one. That horse sucks. Number 11, Pioneer of Medina. We had Medina Spirit win, but not actually win the Derby last go-round. Now you've got Pioneer of Medina from the 11 spot, I'm assuming, 30 to 1. I'm assuming relation? I, would, I think that's a safe assumption. Okay. Well, you know what happens when we make an assumption. Yeah, I know. Number 12 is Taba, who's the other Baffert horse, formerly Bob Baffert horse, but still... Pretty much, really. So Baffert was a horse. cheater and was banned. He is. This is why his horses are now being—they're coming out of other stables. They have—they have given them to other owners. This owner of uh, trainers, I mean, and this trainer just so happens to have formerly been a protege of Bob Baffert. Isn't that what you do when you're getting a divorce? You just sign stuff over to your like someone else, so the wife doesn't get it. It's is that what he did? He just gave his horse to another trainer so they couldn't get banned. There are parallels here. <laughs> okay. When it was officially <laughs> announced that he was out of the Derby, his horses went to other stables, at least the ones that were Derby contenders. Yeah. And his uh, his former I'm, protege is now training both Taba and Messier. He's not Happy Jack's trainer, right? No. Then I'm still good. Okay. Yeah, I don't like that horse that we just named. Move next. I don't know what to do with Taba. I think he's he could be a beast. We'll find out. I think Taba needs to go to uh, the Arkansas Derby or something. Number 13 is Simplification. 20 to 1. Ooh, now I do like that one. I do like that name because that's how I like to, that's, that's the way I treat life is Simplification. Is um, it though? Well, in my own way. Um, I, that's, I'm still going Happy Jack though for Grandpa. Okay. Grandpa's name was Jack. Number 14, Barber Road, 30 to 1. 
Nah, if it was Abbey Road, we'd consider it, but never mind. <laughs> no one likes Barber Road. That's, 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 like, that's, like, that's like the oasis to, to, to the Beatles. Um, continuing. <laughs> How many words have we got left? That's like 10 or 12, isn't it? Number 15. Okay. White Abario, 10 what? to 1. White Abario. That sounds racist. I don't like that horse. Okay, there you go. Moving on. <laughs> Number 16 is, is Cyberknife, who a lot of people Ooh. thought was going to be the favorite a few weeks ago. Now Ooh. 20 to 1, good value there. I guarantee you don't get that on Saturday. Ooh, that, uh, we're down to three horses. I like Cyberknife. That's a cool name. Number 17, famously, the only post position to never produce a Kentucky Derby winner. Ooh, I like that. It ain't changing on Saturday. Classic no. Causeway is 30 to 1. You can yeah. make it 99 to 1. Eh? Classic, Classic Causeway, Causeway, I don't like that name either. Yeah, he's screwed. Number 18, Tawny Port. Tawny Port? Tawny Port, 30 to 1. I like Tawny Katane, but okay. I don't, yeah, I'm, not, I'm passing on Tawny Port. Yeah. Number 19 is Zozo's. Like her fat cousin. Number 19 is Zozo's, 20 to 1. Zozos? Zozos. Z-O-Z-O-S. Zozos is a no-nos. Okay. And number 20, just drew into the race today. Uh, Unoho scratched. 86-year-old D. Wayne Lucas gets back into the field with Ethereal Road. Is he a jockey? Is D. Wayne Lucas a jockey is what you just asked. No, I know that. Okay, thank God. D. Wayne Lucas. 86-year-old jockey? That'd be pretty cool. Still kicking it, still rocking it, still being the cowboy. And who's the horse's name? Ethereal Road is the outside post. How many roads do we got? 30 to 1. I don't like that one. No, I'm, I'm okay. So I'm down to Happy Jack. Happy Jack. Uh, tis the not, tis the boom. Tis the bomb. Tis the no, tis the bomb. Yeah. And what was it? Oh, it's uh, Cyberknife. Simplification. Oh yeah, I thought you like simplification. Now I'm leaning Cyberknife. Okay. The top so, so you get. Okay. So next question. Are, I don't know nothing about the program. What uh, are any of these horses gray? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no. Two uh, second question. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, are did any of these three horses win the Arkansas or Florida Derby? Ooh, I don't know. Because I, I always like leaning towards Arkansas and Florida Derby. Well. I don't think either won, uh, any of them won. Okay, so neither won, neither, they didn't I don't think any of these won their last prep. Um, well, Arkansas and Florida Derby winners are in these, right? Don't they always yes. automatically in? Yeah. Well, almost all. I mean, it's not like an automatic thing. Who won the Arkansas this year? We, um, we went over this at one point, and I forgot. We did, and now I forgot. Cyberknife is the Arkansas Derby. Okay, winner. okay. That's a good lead. So who won the Florida Derby? Look it's that a one. Brad Cox horse. Oh, even and better. And you know... Oh, we know how Roush loves Cox. Yeah, and, uh, there's two things. I love knives. He loves Cox. We all, yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> you like, back in the day, you liked cybering. That's a uh, white Abario was the Florida Derby. Yeah, we don't like that. Okay. I'm leaning, I think okay. you're on Cyberknife. I think I'm going Cyberknife. It's in one of the Arkansas Derby. I like Cyberknife a lot. It, it is a Brad Cox horse. It is the winner. Cyberknife, knock it down. There it is. EJ, I just knocked out your whole hour. Cyberknife's winning the Derby. You're welcome. Cyberknife is winning the Derby. I just knocked out your whole hour. You're welcome. It's over. Trevor it's Kelsey. Over. Good. Who has not Still come and hang out with EJ, but Cybernice win the Derby, so we have anything to talk about. <laughs> there it is. $2 across the board. Lock it down. Trevor Kelsey. <laughs> I enjoyed that. What were my odds? Uh, 20 to 1 morning line. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think you'll be able to get that horse at 20 to 1 on Saturday. I'm still going to take Happy Jack, though, just in honor of Grandpa, because he's a horse racing guy. Okay. I like the name. I, I got to Kind of like when I bet Clever Trevor a long time ago when I was a kid. Unfortunately, he came in last because, that's, yeah. you know, he's Trevor. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, I'm, I'm going uh, Cyberknife and Happy Jack. Uh, Texture says, again, I like it. I feel good about this derby. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Uh, Texture says, based on time, form, figures, the last 18 derbies, Taba and Messier have ran times that would have won 11 times in the derby. Zandon has only ran a time that would have won one in the last uh, 18 derbies. Epicenter, zero. Charge it, zero. 
My mom is texting me takeout orders from Blind Squirrel. I like it. I don't. <laughs> like, I already didn't get it. The texture just drives it home further. I don't know why Zandon is three to one. Maybe EJ Walker can uh, uh, Clark can can uh, give it. Okay, we have too many abbreviated names here. TJ Walker, EJ Clark. Maybe he can shed some light on this. I don't get why that horse is three to one, but I don't think he will be on Saturday. We'll I, I think it is. It's a conspiracy right now. Yeah. What is is they, they they're feeling the thing is, is that horse has been constipated for like two weeks straight, and they're figuring once that they gets past that, it's going to be like sixteen pounds lighter, and therefore they're they're betting on the odds on that scenario. The my charge at love is basically, I think he got an awful ride last time out. Like, yeah, I agree. I, I think he <laughs> horrible. You're calling out Luis Saez. I'm not. Uh, I mean, he had a he, he had he had a jockey who was blind in one eye. He couldn't even see the guy coming up on the on the on the, on the outside of him. That's why he lost. <laughs> I mean, it's not the jockey's fault. He got blinded in a, in a, in a street fight, okay. boxing for money instead of to, to feed his family. Okay. True story. <laughs> I mean, he's a little big for Is a this jockey. how the whole week is going to go? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> when, do you, when do I start bringing out the Hot Shots references with Bob Bobcat uh, Bob in it? <laughs> My point is, I think, and this is a race that you prioritize. I think last time out, which was the Florida Derby for Charge It, I think he was the best horse in the field. I think he got, a, he got a crap ride. I think he was, if he had stayed, if he'd taken the proper path, he had the best stride in the home stretch. He got kind of behind White Barrio and forced him to buckle a little bit uh, and, and reload. And by that time, it was too late. I still feel good about Charge It. That texture makes a good point, though, with the, the time form figures. How, how, many, how many poor window takers of the Derby are going to have to hear the, the I'll take the horse uh, number so-and-so across the board. That'll be so much dollars. Charge It. It's like when I'll have another was like the, yeah. the trendy because of the name. And you know they're going to still have another. And like everybody was betting it up. I'm like, that horse is going to have way better odds than it deserves. And, of course, it won the Derby. So and, shout out to Jackson. There's, there's a few people. I feel, there's one person I feel bad for. It's the window people at, uh, during, church, during the Derby at Churchill Downs. You can always pick the horse Those with a name that's going to be like just bet way too, too far down. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Texas said this is like listening to a four-year-old explaining their day in exhausting detail except the getting baked part. I assume that was the, your – kicking off the five o'clock hour with your story what <laughs> my weekend yes it was a good weekend texas jesus christ laura lenny and city slickers lol 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 laura lenny went in city slickers she was in congo i know he says city slickers laura lenny and city slickers oh okay yeah but city slickers is good texas says when trevor orders loaded nachos does he ask, ask them to unload the nachos and have meat and cheese only yes do you really yes double double extra pulled pork cheese and queso only that's all and chips it's all <laughs> What? Are you surprised? Kind of. I, mean, I don't want the other crap on there. Then they're not loaded nachos. Just Wait, like did, I, did I mention the pulled pork? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we got to a horse, though. Cyberknife is, is yes, Trevor's Cyber pick. Cyberknife, baby. He's going to uh, cut through the competition. Texas says, have you guys talked about Devin Ree yet and where he might fit in an extra team? We did. We can do it again here. The, uh, and that was. It's like a knife. Probably the big story of the weekend from a Louisville Athletics perspective was not because it was unexpected. Everybody knew it was going to happen. But Devin Ree, the Huge. first member of the 2022 class to commit to Kenny Payne. Um, we knew that Kamari Lance was, was already committed when yeah. Payne took the job. It was a matter of when he was going to sign. We found that out last week. That happened. Devin Ree, though, when he decommitted from LSU after Will Wade got the axe, I don't know why. I don't know what, what the – immediate connection was, but everybody in recruiting worlds kind of said at the same time, this is going to probably be Kenny Payne's first commitment at UofL, 
and lo and behold, it took a it took a month and a half, but we got there. And I'm definitely, curious, what is the connection? I mean, other than Mississippi, there has to be something. Like this is weird. Maybe did Kenny recruit him a little bit before he left for the Knicks? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah. there was a lot of talk that people sort of just assumed that this was going to be the kid, and lo and behold, he does wind up being the pick. And we talked a little bit about his skill set. He is. I mean, 6'8", 185, the frame speaks for itself. He needs to put on some weight if he's going to become a top-tier ACC player. But He's got the Angel Nunez build right now going. I, I wish you would make that comparison. <laughs> well, because he was 6'7", like 180, wasn't Let's he? go Fran Garcia. Let's go Francisco Garcia. Yeah. He's got that build. He needs to put on some weight if he's it, going to. And hopefully he's 28 years old. <laughs> he has the same type of progression that Francisco did where he was playing – big minutes but not starting as a freshman and yeah. then became a fantastic player as a sophomore and an all-american as a junior would love to see that from Devin Reed 24th pick by the Kings in the first round I believe sure but the big thing about Devin Reed that we were talking about was he's got that skill set that demands playing time regardless of what your size is and that's he shoots the lights out of the ball like he is a fantastic outside shooter last year at Oak Hill Academy uh, 45% from three 84.8% from the free throw line. I think he shot up just under 50% from the field overall. When you shoot it that well, they're going to find playing time for you, even if you don't have the ability to be an elite defender, even if you're not um, poised to finish around the rim because of your size. He'll see the court next year, assuming he's healthy, just because he can shoot the ball that well. When you're 6'8", it also gives you the ability to get your shot off mm -hmm. against even quality defenders. So I think he's an exciting addition for that reason for next season. But also bigger picture I think down the line that's where Devin Ree really plays into what Kenny Payne is trying to build because you're going to lose I mean at this point you kind of assume you're going to lose a significant chunk of just about every roster because of the transfer portal right now but you know you're going to lose some of the seniors you know you're going to probably lose potentially a grad transfer if you're able to land one if you bring in all of these potential one-and-done players from the 2023 class which is the hope DJ Wagner, some of these other kids that are ranked in the top 15, 15 that Louisville's in on, you have to assume probably a couple of those guys are going to be one and done. And if, if this is going to be the way that we operate from this point forward, where Kenny Payne's getting five stars every single season and some of the, these guys are just here for five months, you need at least a couple of players from oh, yeah. every class who are going to be two, three, four-year college players. And I think that's where having a guy like Devin Ree, who hopefully will get progressively better and have a more complete game by the time he's a junior in college, where that really helps because we've seen we've seen the recipe for the highest level of success in college basketball in the one and done era now things are changing because of the the transfer portal but at least as of right now the recipe is add some key transfers have some electric freshmen or sophomores who are who are bound for the nba but you also need those guys who are juniors and seniors who are just really really good college players whose games maybe don't translate to the nba or at least don't translate right off the bat and i think that's where devin reed comes into play yeah, I mean, I think we, I mean, yeah, some people will tell you, oh, well, they, they figured out the one and done. You've seen Duke and Kentucky win titles with the one and done, but both those rosters are also, I mean, they'll have, they've got a one and done guy, but there are multiple seasoned guys on those teams. I mean, you can't be a Kentucky fan not talking about Darius Miller, part of that roster. And really, those are the only two Duke teams and, that have, yeah. have been that one and done heavy that have won national Exactly, titles. and both had, you know, even, you know, when you look at Cal and Memphis before he we went to Kentucky, I mean, he was having some issues, obviously, the NIT years before, but. As he even got into his groove with you know, your CDR and your Ronnie Carney and your company like that, like he was, couldn't get over that hump until he had that team in 08 with, with the one and done Derrick Rose, Derek Rose. 
but it was surrounded by juniors and sophomores and a few seniors of guys uh-huh. that were experienced good players. Like so I mentioned, CDR and Carney and Camilla and you know uh, the guy that uh, beat up everybody on campus, Dozier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know guys like that. Well, you know, man, I like them, but they're also you know those are guys that were you know that's the way you do it. And I think everybody's figured that out. Like you have to have, you can have the one and done superstar. You can be your best player. You can be maybe your first and second best player. But you gotta have those veteran guys on the team to help you get through those moments of the tournament. Not just through the, the whole regular season, but when you get in the March, when it's a whole new world. You know, the lights are on bright. Anything can happen. You know, somebody can get nervous. I mean, when you just have only the one and done. Even these guys are good as Kevin Durant, you might not even get past second round. For sure. And, and we've seen that time and time and time yeah. again. I think the other thing outside of just a on-court perspective for this is you need at least a couple of guys to help carry over whatever culture it is you're trying to build. And, yeah. and I know culture is an overused word in sports, but different programs do have different cultures. That There is a different way about going about things at every top-tier program. And if Kenny Payne is trying to instill, like, hey, this is – what we expect of you in the offseason this is what we expect of you in the weight room this is what we expect of you in these tim- team building exercises that we're going to do before the start of the season you have to at least have i don't know i mean three or four guys who have been through that before who can help mm-hmm. not only the incoming freshmen but can, who, who can help the transfer the transfer portal is not going away no. it, it doesn't matter if you're bringing in a guy who's going to make 400k from an nil deal they still need to kind of have somebody show them the ropes about how we're going to do things around here and if you don't have a player who's been in your program for multiple seasons and who's been you know, not just in the program, but who's had an impact on your on-court success. I mean, it definitely makes the one-and-done format a lot easier when now, for sure, instead of having to recruit these, you know, two, three, four guys that you're going to keep around a couple years, then bring in the one-and-done, now you can bring in the one-and-done and just bring in three senior transfers yeah. that have the experience, and, and, and you're right there already. I mean, that's that's what you've seen with Cal's kind of progressed into the last couple of years. We're going to have to read Travis out of Stanford, who was McDonald's All-American in the mix with those one-and-done guys, as well as just even this last year. Um textures are i'm just now seeing this because a texture t- and i actually hadn't seen it now it just pops up that rudy gobert is reportedly at the him or me stage and will demand that one of him or donovan mitchell gets traded from utah oh well i mean i hope it's donovan uh, it's it's not it's not gonna be donovan i'll tell you right now rudy it might be i mean <laughs> i've been saying rudy gets traded to him what they get for him i would guess you could probably in the nba world today you could probably get multiple first round picks because they just those things are thrown around like pennies on a subway, but uh, yeah, that I, I, somebody's gonna get up something. I mean, he's just—he's not in the right. He needs to be. I, I've seen Golden State rumor, and that would be an interesting scenario for him. Uh, Texas says Rodney Hood coming out. Of, uh, says a better comparison of Devin Ree is Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood coming out of high school was about the same height and build, and was known as a three-point shooter who had major upside, but was probably going to need a couple of seasons to mature his body. I think Ree and Hood are a good comparison. Well, there, there's a six, eight hundred eighty-five pound kid coming out of high school. There's three dozen of them every year. I feel like <laughs> I mean, when, I, when I think Rodney Hood, I, I think now, like, I guess it's because I'm used to seeing him now. I'm like, thinking of his NBA days with the Jazz. And, like, yeah. bigger body dude. Yeah. I, I, I guess I can't remember him being that small when he was at Mississippi State or, or later at Duke. Um, but he, I don't even remember where he was coming out of high school. But I like the comparison. Devin Reed, you know, is lefty. I mean, Hood it's played. Like a, is Rothstein Texan in the show? <laughs> Hood only Do ended I see up a playing. Lot, I see a lot of uh, Rodney Hood and Devin Reed. <laughs> he only ended up playing two seasons of college basketball. He, really? You know, he played. Well, he transferred back then. This is back in the day when you had to sit out a season when you transfer. Uh, he played one season at Mississippi State, then transferred to Duke, sat out, and right then after that. his sophomore season. I was when Kay started bringing in transfers for once. Uh, was it the Jones Dante kid? Jones was the first yeah, one. Yeah, the first one, yeah. Did push-ups. Made him do push-ups after. Yeah. yeah. Well, then he get do, he the one did the push-ups after he got 
dunk. Dunk, dunk, yeah. And then Kay was like, I made him do push-ups for two hours during practice. I'm like, no, you didn't. I mean, if it wasn't Duke, it did have a funny Willie Mays Hayes kind of moment to it, though. It did a little bit. Yeah. Um, the other thing the text line wants us to talk about, which we have already talked about, is the updates on the transfer portal targets. Um, Tyrese Hunter still very much in play, according to everybody who follows this sort of thing. Who exactly is his front runner depends on who you're talking to. It sounds like the Louisville rivals and, and 247 people are kind of like, we think Louisville's the leader, and everybody at Kansas thinks they're the leader for him. So we'll see. I mean, that probably means he's going to end up going like Vanderbilt or something. But I mean, if it just comes down between us and Kansas, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm more worried than I am confident. Because he does seem like a Kansas. I could see him going to Kansas. I mean, that would be a good fit. I think it's a good fit. It comes fit down to what he wants. I think it's a good fit in either one of us for him. I mean, he's going to be able to be to step in and be the guy right away, in the, you know, for, for the most part. And, yeah, I think it's going to be down whether he wants to play for Bill Self or a team that just won the national title or a team that's still on top despite what they're facing or a team that's on its way up despite what they're facing. It's – if it does come down to, and there's been some talk, I think. Uh, he could be a Midwest kid. Kerwin too. Walton from North Carolina announced yesterday that he was transferring, and there had been buzz before. Hunter, the, the situation was kind of like Tyler Harrell with us in football, where everybody had heard that a certain school was offering this player things before he even entered the portal. So the way that the, the Tyrese Hunter thing worked was everybody had a rumor on a Thursday, Friday of a week that North Carolina had offered Tyrese Hunter this, this, and this. And, yeah, and then on Monday, and t- or t- I think it was t- a Tuesday, Hunter officially announced that he was in the portal. But by that time, Carolina had – there had been a change of heart amongst Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, who both announced they were coming back, so there was no scholarship available for him. Kerwin Walton announcing over the weekend that he was unexpectedly entering the transfer portal opens up a scholarship, but that's a loaded backcourt. I mean, you're not going to sit the backcourt. No, no. It just almost took you to the national title. No, no. If you're Hunter, that that, that means that means no effect on his decision. I, I guarantee. I mean, they'd have to give him unless they're offering him like seven seven digit meal deal. Which yeah. So if it, mean, if it does wind up coming down to Louisville and Kansas, I think you you've got two programs that are in the same situation as far as this kid is concerned. You've got I think open point guard spot at both places. I think it's safe yep. to assume if he goes to Kansas, he's the man there. If he comes to Louisville, he's the man here. Yep. You've got two programs that can't guarantee you that they're going to be eligible for the 2023 NCAA tournament. You've got I – mean, the, the one thing that we do have, the, the one leg that we do have up is they can't even guarantee that their head coach is going to be around. So we can say well, that. Well, he's going to be around. It doesn't matter what he can be contacted like, or not. We I mean, know Kenny Payne is going to be coaching you in games. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Self can't guarantee that he's going to be coaching you in games. What I think this comes down to, and this is, this is the new age, who can give this kid the better NIL deal? Ooh. Someone in Louisville's going to have to step and, up. And before Louisville fans start getting, you know, I'm telling chest, you. chest out and be like, oh, we can be out beating Lawrence, Kansas. Don't, don't, not so fast, my friend. I mean, they can, man, have you not seen a 30 on 30 where they outbid the guy for Duke for the original rules? I mean, they, they will bring, they will open up that checkbook and they will do it freely. I could be wrong. I think that's what this comes down to. That's going to be, that's going to be tough. Because let's be real. Like, like, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to put two and two together. If the rumor was that North Carolina was offering Tyrese Hunter or putting together a gigantic NIL package deal for him, and he had not even considered transferring from Iowa State before then, and then he entered the transfer portal three days after these rumors were out here, that says to me the, the kid is now interested in what he can be offered. No, I agree. I think I, think I would say if, if I had to make a guess, I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say 65 to 70% of the decision will be based on the other 30% on which coach he likes better between Payne and himself. And 
this is because everything else you're right. I mean, I guess with the exception of one of the programs is at a national championship level right now, and the other is hopefully on its way up to a national championship level. And I, I'm not telling Kenny Payne or anybody involved with U of Athletics what to do. They they certainly know way more than I do. But to me, I look at this roster and I say, this is the guy. This this is the guy who's an absolute difference maker for what you can do next season. Give Tyrese Hunter whatever you can give him. He changes everything about the outlook for next season if you're able to land him. That's, he's priority one, two, and three in my mind. Agreed. Okay. That's Sorry, good. I was trying to let the I know. We've got a lot of mics that, that was, it was getting the house here. Yeah. Uh, the other name that we talked about in, in the, the first hour when it came up was Isaiah Mosley from Missouri State. Electric scorer, averaged over 20 points per game for the Bears last year. He's first-team All-Missouri Valley Conference player. Long list in line for him. We are apparently on his short list, and this could end up being another battle that Who comes else? down. Did, did you mention earlier, if you did, I missed it. I did, now I'm going to pull it back up. Yeah, sorry, I need to do that too. I yeah. think that... Short-term memory. You know, I know. I, I think that it's going to well, be... Well, Kansas a, is one of them, I know that. Exactly. Louisville and Kansas, both on the short list there. Uh, I don't have the other school. He trimmed it to like eight. Oh, well, that's not that short. When you said short, I was thinking like three or four. Then again, I guess in today's standards, that is short by, by recruiting levels, isn't it? I like the announcements for the announcements. Like the announcements that yeah. we're going to, I'll be trimming my list to five. There's a great, uh, I love, one of my favorite things to watch is an evening with Kevin Smith, and he talked about meeting Prince, and he said he would get a call, and it would be Prince's, like, uh, agent, and be like, Mr. Smith, Prince will be calling you in 32 minutes. And, like, he would then get another call, and be like, Prince is calling you in like 17 minutes. He's like, it was genius. He's like, I'm sitting by the phone like a 12-year-old girl, like, ring, ring, ring. He's like, 32. He's like, it went two minutes past the deadline. You get the phone rings. I go, Prince? Prince is delayed. He will call you now in six minutes. <laughs> what a great story if you ever have time to watch it. Uh, there it is. I, 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 don't have the, I don't have the list. No, I'm trying to kill some time. I can't find it again. It, it, let's say this. You know what? I don't care who else the other six schools are. It's little one Kansas again. I like that. We need it. Uh, Texas, sometimes this week, sometime this week, you've got to tell the 2003 Derby story you told on last year's Car Chronicle podcast. I was on the treadmill when I heard it, and I had to get off. I was do laughing I want, so do hard. I want to hear this? We'll have time for Derby stories. We'll, we'll okay. get there this week, uh, but not today because we're out here at the Blind Squirrel. We'll try to keep it a little bit more PG today. <laughs> we got to take our final break. I didn't get that memo. We got to take our final break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. Mike Rutherford show live here at the Blind Squirrel for about 25 yeah, more minutes. Maybe. If you can't make it out to see us, make it out afterwards. We'll have more content. We'll talk horse racing coming up uh, with EJ Clark and company. It's going to be a fantastic evening. Final segment of the Mike Rutherford show up next year on 1450 The Big Eyes. Welcome back in. Mike Rutherford Show, 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. We are live from the Blind Squirrel out here in Middletown. Stop by and see us. we got about 20 more minutes, but we're going to be handing the reins over to EJ Clark. We're going to talk Derby for you after we're done here. By the way, uh, on, the, on, the, on the theme, the song I just played, Hotel California, was the song of the Derby of the said year. This was, that was number one song hmm. when Derby occurred in said year of, the, of today's theme. Man, what, I'm trying to think of the other song. We had Blinded by the Light. Yeah. Tell me the other ones. Oh, hell Do you, I, I, or you don't even remember. Uh, it was uh, Boogie Woogie by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Oh, man. And then there was, um, oh, man. 
Douglas has got my uh, email, this, so I don't, I don't remember can all Can I guess 1977? You nailed it. And that would be Secretariat? That would be no. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no, well, oh, man, you are you got the Seattle year. Slip. There you go. Thank you. Okay, that's I, I completely oh, panicked. Come on. For a second, I got out. Who's I, the I horse got, racing guy over here For a here second, now. I got called out. Thank I you. I mean, come on. Set. There's very few I things. Got I got there. I got there. That is. I like, got there. That is like my Nicholson and '86 Masters trivia of horse racing. You know Seattle, Seattle, because I was always like Seattle growing up in the early '90s. Seattle things so always remembered '77, Seattle Slough. If you're just joining the show, we've had a blast out here. We've been talking about a number of things. Uh, we started with whether or not I should have threatened a child uh, more <laughs> than I did at the Cherokee Art Triangle because he punched my daughter. Uh, we've talked about the Devin Reed commitment. We've talked about uh, the NFL draft. Unfortunately, no Cardinals taken, but three did sign undrafted free agent contracts. Yep. We've talked about the Tyrese Hunter ongoing recruitment, the new Isaiah Mosley recruitment, the Pierce Clarkson cryptic remark at the Elite 11 Finals over the weekend about a big Ron James will be a Cardinal. UFL commitment coming. Trevor has, has just uh, has, has confirmed that it's going to be Bronny James. He has no, nothing to base that on. He's Lock just it saying up. it. Uh, Bronny James to UFL. I've checked my sources. They are confirmed. You've checked the sources. You've checked the boxes. I've checked the boxes. We're all good. You feel good about all that stuff. Uh, we've taken text on the Thornton's text line as well. One thing that I did want to talk about, and this is going to, to pain, we've got TJ Walker, the sports talker, in the house. This is going to, hanging out with Troy over there. Have you seen, we, we mentioned on the show Friday, because the news I, I think broke either right before the show or during the show, that Jay Lucas was leaving yeah. Kentucky for Duke, and we kind of poked fun at the fact that Calipari put out there in his press release, like, it's a promotion. Because like, yeah, Duke is a better school. Really? Yeah, well, we, he's, he's admitting publicly that Duke is a better job than Kentucky. So today the big news on... I guess the UK front was, and we talked about this young man when he announced he was going into the porter, uh, the portal. Guy. Baylor Shireman, I do love him from love him. from South Dakota State. He's a Summit League Player of the Year, flashy game, fantastic shooter. And there was Lefty. some, you know, originally when the, the story comes out, I'm saying he seems like a UK lean because one, he lists UK right off the bat as like the first program that contacted him, and two, his agent, admittedly, is a diehard UK fan, and yeah. three. They come out in the, the, the Kyle Tucker story in The Athletic, and the coaching staff, Orlando Antigua and Chief Coleman, are like, we're reworking everything around this kid. Like, we, we, that's how much we're prioritizing him. Well, Shireman comes out today, cuts his list, trims his list. Kentucky's not on it. I mean, in fairness, his list was like 20 schools at first, wasn't it? But then it got down to 10. Okay. We weren't on that list. Yeah. And he we, made it, today, we made the top 20. I mean, Kansas and Kentucky, both notably not on the list. Wow, so, okay. The UK stance is well, we didn't want him. Like, like, like we we pulled back. It wasn't him. Uh, it was the, us. The and, classic VJ King pull. Yeah, and, and Calipari goes on the he goes on ESPN 680 this morning with uh, Mike Pratt and Dan Russell, and he's talking about which by the way Calipari's not going on KSR anymore. I don't know fracture in the fan base. Well, they, they get it's the, all, is it all crumbling? They get the assistance on that show. Is it all just just falling apart? <laughs> but he comes out and says, "quote." If anybody is talking to me about the NIL for a reason to transfer here, I'm not interested. Well, technically, by the rule, they're not supposed to use it for recruits. So, I mean. Well, I mean. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, now, like, this is. I mean, they are doing it, but the rule, they're not supposed to use it nil as a recruit. I mean, I mean, are I mean, there not, they're not supposed to do a lot of things. Are there really any rules anymore I mean, is the question. By, by the handwritten rule, that is. Yeah, you're not supposed to use nil as an enticement to recruits, but I mean everybody's doing it. Yeah, everybody's doing it, but they're just saying they're not supposed. So publicly for him to say that doesn't surprise me. And is it really any different than convincing Oscar Sheway to stick around because he can get two million dollars in an IELTS? Well, he's already a UK player. Still, is That's, it really that much different? Well, by the rules, yeah. I mean, 
Come on. I'm going to pull North Carolina here. There were regular people there. And the fact of the matter is, if you're not doing it, you're not going to get any top transfers. Well, no. That's I mean, the way it's going to go yeah. now. Like, th- this is the new world. If you're not going to play the game, which Cal has been willing to play the game in a variety of manners throughout its college career, oh, yeah, yeah. you're going to get left behind. I don't know if this is just sour grapes because the Shireman thing didn't work out and he no, didn't like if, the way that he you, carried if, himself. If you think Cal's not using Neil in recruiting privately, then... It's the one biggest... It's yeah. the biggest advantage that he's got going you're, over you're a lot insane. of the schools. Now, publicly, I have no problem with him saying it because, like I said, by the rules, you're not supposed to do it. So if he's going to say it publicly, that's fine. But listen, we all know that when he meets a recruit, if the Neil stuff is not the second thing that comes up after the fact that he's produced so-and-so blanking first-round picks because it's the greatest thing in Kentucky history to him, then, then, then you're insane. Then you are utterly insane. He is the second, if not first, thing he mentions to every recruit. More importantly, he mentions probably to the parents, but it's mentioned to every recruiting trip. The weird thing about this now is it kind of feels like a reversal of where we were 12 years ago, where Cal was ahead of the curve with the, we're a player's first program. We're not a traditional program. Yeah. We're, you know, the draft is the greatest day in the history of you know, Kentucky basketball, all that stuff. And now he comes out and says today, quote, you come here because of the culture, to be developed, the environment, the fans trying to compete for national titles. You're not coming here for NIL deals. Well, that's the grad transfer. Is he kind of getting left behind now with this new kid? Because he left a lot of other people behind. Um, there was a lot of talk that he was leaving Rick Pitino behind because Pitino wanted to do the Louisville first thing. Is this, are we seeing the natural progression of a guy who was ahead of the curve and doing things in a new-fashioned way and all this stuff and being you know, the first to get out there, kind of becoming the old guy? Yeah, I mean, and it's, it, you can't blame him. He's looking at the, the scenario where we're at now, and it's, and it's not like he's just now, like, you know, being a chameleon and emerging into it. You know, he's been doing this for the last couple of years. He's realized, you know, I mentioned the name, you know, Reed Travis earlier. He's starting to realize, hey, I can go get, you know, grad transfers. These guys are these guys were McDonald's All-Americans already. Yeah. I mean, I, I can get I can get guys who are McDonald's All-Americans who, you know, are really good college players, may not transition to the NBA as much. I can go get four, five, six of these, and I can st- and I and I don't have to go get, you know, the the Anthony Davis per, per se. I can get a Ty Ty Washington, you know, who's maybe, you know, a good recruit but not the top five guy. You know, I can go get, you know, one or two of these guys instead now. So, yeah, I mean, there's no reason. I, I think he's, he knows it. He sees it. I think Louisville was a little more ahead of him with the grad transfer thing. I can take claim that just by, by the timeline of Deion Lee and company, but, or Damian Lee. But Deion Lee's guy went to Ballard and got caught point shaving at Northwestern. <laughs> so the, uh, <laughs> Damian Lee, which had his back. So I think, yeah, I think he's, he's progressing, and it's a smart thing to do because that is the way to go right now. Uh, we have a KRC text. KRC text. You know, we, bring we, KRC up? we read the KRC text on should, air. Should we bring? We actually have a KRC member here for the should, first should time. Should we bring one of them up to answer? No, he doesn't need to do it. Okay. He's, 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 he's swamped over there. He's signing autographs, and people just won't leave him alone. <laughs> KRC texter says, "How much of the UK fan base actually enjoys the games and supports the program? Thirty percent? It's insane how negative these folks are." No, it's actually like six percent. I actually no no real Kentucky has no real fans whatsoever. They're all bandwagons. I told you, man. The, the they're all Ashley Judds. The shocking thing when we started doing the show, and I would have to we, I'd pour through the KRC text to get to the, the Mike Rutherford show text, was just how like different the overall tone was. Like, just people are angry. They're they're mad all the time. No, they're always angry. Yeah, just, they should be because Louisville has a more recent national championship than they do. 
And, you know, we haven't lost to Kentucky in men's basketball yeah. since the pandemic. So. Yeah, we, we've, be, we've beaten them in basketball, what, like, uh, I think, like, what, 22,000 straight days it is 20, now? It's been a long time. I want to say we last time we lost to them was the year that, that Sue Allison won the, the, the Triple Crown. Yeah, Carter was president. I bo- <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, I, th- I thought it was Linda B. Johnson, but okay. Sexter says he's uh, leaving on that note. He, we, we, we made him leave. We read a KRC text. We read a KRC, KRC like, text, and then you left. We read a KRC text, and he said, screw it, I'm out of here. He just bounced. Yeah, he wants to know why your fan base is so negative. Why do y'all hate everything? There it is. He wants. <laughs> he's blaming it on a, a person. <laughs> someone else said Jesus uses some of the initials too, but different from ours. Texture says, <laughs> "How do we feel about Topanga being in Jack Harlow's album teaser? Do you have any oh, idea what the texture's talking about?" What? So, Jack Harlow, who now is he's going to call writers up. Have you seen Topanga recently? Yes. Well, she's in the teaser for the video. I saw her today. So, Jack, big big week for Jack Harlow. He, oh, he's going to help us land Tyrese Hunter. We know that. He's going to steal the deal. Okay. He got us Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. Now he's going to up the ante and get us Tyrese Hunter. But he has his album coming out on Friday. And then they announced today, Churchill Downs did, that he's calling riders up for the Derby. Now, he nice. was supposed to do it last year. Some not-so-cool stuff the night before Derby happened, and he, he, he bowed out. So we're going to do take two this year. Okay. And he put out his album teaser today. It was a short little video, and it zooms in on... Topanga Lawrence, Danielle Fischel, in the front seat of a car. Her name, real name is irrelevant. It's, it's not. She's fantastic. <laughs> if you've never seen her freestyle rap, uh, she's, she's tremendous. I remember seeing that on MTV back in the day. Sure. But she's, she's driving a car with two kids like fighting in the back seat, and she looks upset. Like, that's the teaser for the, the, the album, well, which is coming out on Friday. Yeah. But do I feel good about it? Yeah. I feel awesome. I mean, you, you, I mean Jack Harlow's trying to win me over. I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to usually buy the music, but, I mean, he's trying to definitely win me over with this. I mean, getting us basketball recruits, putting to – I mean, he puts Winnie Cooper in that video, too, and he might, he might have me. And he did tweet out this afternoon and 12-year-old said – 12-year-old Trevor's going to be excited. He said, strictly legends on my album, any guesses. And my first thought was, naturally, Kenny Klein. Oh, yeah. On Kenny's got to be on the album, yeah. Kenny, Kenny Klein, should be on the cover. Jay-Z, Kenny Klein, uh, Earl Clark. Who else? Well, we got to have Luke Whitehead in there, right? Luke H. Wearing the, wearing the red Louisville Cardinal to the day that he's dead. Whitehead World. Yeah. Uh, you know, the get down click. Can't take a car, but can't take Atkins that he loves the bread. The fact that you know those lyrics makes me so happy. Yeah, you know how many times I hear that song? Nothing makes me happier than that. That poor CD. Uh, Texas says, by the way, Trevor, that's not a written rule. I'm pretty sure it's a written rule. I don't think it is. I think you're wrong don't, about that. Pe- you, you, you people challenged me with the NBA rule, which I was right about. Now you're going to challenge me about this. It's a rule, people. Write it down. Texas says, did you hear the subtle jab slash joke that Sean Moth dropped on the call Sunday about Longwood being Shortwood because one of their recently bad baseball games? Uh, I did <laughs> no, not, but that's wonderful. That's a lot of, there's not, if you ever question why we love Sean Moth so much, and, then, and, and, and after hearing that, then I don't know what to tell you. The man's the absolute best. That's so brilliant. Uh, we, we've got to get, we, we mentioned on Friday about uh, – somebody texted in about our thoughts on Caleb Glenn transferring to La Lumiere, and you, I think, probably have a different perspective on this because your uncle is the 7th Region AD of the year at Mail. Lord's named after him. And it, look, if you missed the news on Friday, Caleb Glenn, who's committed to UofL, one of the top players in the 2023 class, is going to spend his last season of high school playing for the national powerhouse La Lumiere in Indiana. Unfortunately, I've actually never heard of them, by the way. You haven't? No, that's that's bad. I mean, you should have heard of them because they gave us Brian Bowen, which is maybe why you shouldn't. Well, maybe, that's why maybe you just repressed that. Maybe. I was going to say, I, I couldn't name any players that went there. I didn't know that. They've had a lot over the years. They, 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 it's okay. become, 
it's basically it's in northern Indiana. It's practically in Chicago. It's it's right underneath there, so a lot of kids from that area gotcha, go to gotcha, La Lumiere. Gotcha. Uh, but he's going there for his final season of high school basketball. It, on one hand, I think it's good for the U of L fan side of us because he's going to be playing against some of the best competition in America. He should be able to improve his game it's over a there. Positive twist about it. Okay. Yeah, get some more. He'll have more attention there than he would here locally. But as a you know, as a fan of the local basketball scene, it sucks. He's one of the best players to come out of the city in a long, long time. Yeah. And he's not going to graduate here. He's not going to, you know, he led Mail to the state tournament this year, but they didn't win the whole thing. I'm sure he would have loved to have had a state championship, and that's not going to happen. I'm sure you're at least kind of bummed about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm bummed about it for that reason. I, I, I know you, you are trying to assure me, but I, it does also worry me a little bit with his commitment with us. I know you, you're... you're Positive that I shouldn't worry about it, but I, I am still going to be a little, little bit of me still worries a little bit. But yeah, I do miss. I mean, that's been a problem though. I mean, and I've talked about that, you know, earlier when I said I think it's it's weirdly I don't know what's the word sad or just ironic or what that it's such a basketball crazy state and over the last twenty years, basketball production in terms of talent, especially the ones that we stay here, is third behind baseball and football to us. I mean, I mean it's definitely behind football probably. Yeah. But, Football has really done so well, but basketball, I mean, I know Rondo left here. You mentioned D'Angelo Russell the other day when I brought this up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, those are, I mean, you're talking about naming two guys with, like, you know, a decade and a half between them as well. I mean, they're too few and far between. Well, the other, the other local kid who is the – he's even rated higher than Caleb Glenn is George Washington, the, the yeah, third. Yeah, yeah. Who's from Christian Academy, and he's also leaving the state now to go to the prep yeah, school route. Yeah, I mean, we had, we had O.J. Mayo at one point, barely. I know technically he lived in West Virginia, but he was going to Kentucky with Billy Walker. Uh, I mean, we've, I know we have, we have Reed Shepard. He's probably not going anywhere. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying. We haven't had a – what, I say the wrong name? <laughs> no, you're right. Just that oh. he's probably not going anywhere. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you just <laughs> meant – I thought you meant big picture. It's like I screwed up his name already. Uh, <laughs> and then – well, he's not. Yeah, he's a bum. He's Todd Tackett 2.0. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like, I Google it, kids. Uh, I think and, – and, I mean, the last McDonald's All-American, I believe we had was Jason Osborne. That's 27 years ago. Has it been that long? Since he the was. Player from the I mean, that would even. It was longer than that because he was on the '94, uh, yeah, class. So that would have been yeah, 22 plus six. That's 28 years ago since we have a McDonald's All-American from this city. Because we can't claim That's Russell because he didn't. He no, wasn't I mean, he, the he only played time. here. At least with Rondo, he only left that for one year. Right. Russell played here one year. He was he played Central for one season and then bounced. And Rondo, now when you talk about kids, people, Rondo, you were hearing about Rondo locally here when he was in middle school and like elementary, playing like six, seven years old. I was hearing about Rondo years before he got to Eastern. See, I was late there. I, I remember I hearing about rumors. him. I played against him at pickup at like YMCA, and that's when I started hearing about him going like, into my senior year. But uh, but yeah, but that's yeah. I mean, when's the last? I mean. We haven't had one close to it, and that's just not cool for, for Louisville and even just the state of Kentucky in general. You also lose what I think would have been sort of a cool throwback. You know, one end of the state, you've got Reed Shepard, the Kentucky commit. The other, city. big city Louisville, you've got Caleb Glenn, the Louisville yeah. commit. The, you know, the battle from across the state, will they meet in the state tournament? Will they? Who is going to win Mr. Basketball, which I, would, I can tell you right now, it's going to be Reed Shepard anyway. I don't know. My, my mind went Derek Anderson, Tick Rogers, and we scooped up a little bit on that one. No offense to Tick. But uh, we went with the country boy over the city boy. This time we went the opposite way, and hopefully it works out good. Yeah. I, no, come on, Derek. It looks, I like Tick Rogers, too, but Derek Anderson is better. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. Although, even even I, though he's injured most of the time. Although I love Tick. I do, too. Don't get me wrong. Tick's the man. But uh, he wasn't no Derek Anderson. We, we have NBA. We have NHL playoffs starting tonight. I'm not going to ask you. Your Kraken did not make the cut. I My know. abs are taking on the Preds. 
in, in a big series, but we've got, I think, more pertinent to our interest around here. We've got NBA playoffs, which I've, I've kind of been watching more. I'm starting to now just ease my way into it. I'm following it more than I'm watching it. That's fair. I mean, and I can tell you right now, of this, I don't know who plays tonight, of the three ser- of the four series going on, three of them are given to me. Golden State's winning that series in five. That's not, so. not a problem. Uh, well, let's do the picks. Okay. It's not... Tonight, two games on the NBA docket, 7.30 TNT. The Sixers are on the road, taking on the Heat. Miami is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Trevor Kelsey, who you got? Uh, Miami uh, to win, cover, and win that series in five. I'm going to say Miami wins, but I think this one's close. Miami's cruising that series, especially with – it's bad enough you have Doc Rivers as your coach, who's the biggest bum in the world. Now you don't have Joel Embiid, your best player, who's somewhat of a bum anyway. Yeah, they're, they're screwed. Sixers covered. I'm saying that. I'm okay, I'll that. give you that. Okay. Um, Late game, 10 o'clock, TNT Mavs on the road taking on the Suns. It's game one of this series as well. Suns, six-point favorites tonight. Is Booker healthy? He's playing. That's all I know. Booker plays. The Suns, the Suns are winning that series in six. And they're winning. They're, I don't know if they, they win tonight as well. I'm saying this is a classic old-school NBA Finals deal where the Mavs pull an upset in game one, and everybody's like, ooh, what does this mean? And the Suns win four in a row. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. The Suns are healthy. A Suns Golden State Western Conference Finals will be a fun series. The only series in the second round that I'm questionable is uh, is Milwaukee and Boston. I think it's going to be a really good series, too. Love it. I don't know who to win on that one. That's going right. to be a tough one. We are out of here. Big thanks to the Blind Squirrel for hosting us today. But keep it locked right here. We got EJ Clark. We're going to have some other horse celebrities in the building talking derby for the next hour right here on 1450 and 96.1. Yeah, Cyber X. Knife. Enjoy Lock your Monday evening. Bet all your money on Cyber Knife because Trevor Kelsey told you to. Send the bill and to we will, we will see you guys tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Thanks so much for tuning in. Oh, the